nation Ain't no way that you can trump me My rhymes are presidential so I'll grab you by the pussy I'd like to buy a gun please Alright, you ever killed anyone? Yeah How many people? Like, five? Got a 12 gauge rim and 10 on my gun rack Stars and stripes flying high off of the back of my truck Of course it's 4 by 4 America When you hear Mother Freedom start ringing her bell And it'll feel like the whole wide world is raining down on you All brought to you courtesy of the red, white, and blue Welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Berger. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt's now even with Bernie Sanders for a number of times he's been fucked by members of the Democratic establishment. Though obviously Sanders is only taking it figuratively, while Matt's involves a 2016 DNC tale of bottoming, bottoming that remains legendary. Your boy Bernie uh, is about to get screwed again. I wouldn't date a Republican. No, you should no. Although, don't they always have those like stories, news stories every now and then, have, like conservative girls have the, are the best in bed? There's always like some... like. Random stu- like story that comes out that shows that like Christian conservative women are like the hottest in bed. <laughs> like, yeah, put out by the Christian. I don't think that's true. I think it's actually mostly based on education. Because I don't know. I think if you just enlighten yourself, you're like, what do I care about blowing some guy? Like, what? oh, you think that you think the you think the college educated girls are better? Yeah, really? Yeah, I, I, just, I don't have enough experience to say uh, one way or another. But uh, uh, I would I would think the opposite. I would think girls who go off, especially in this, I guess a different era, slightly for you. But in this day and age, I'd feel like girls who went through women's studies at college, or like that feminist dogma at college, would be all about like some sort of psych- psychological. I think that's bad. Yeah, I don't think that's good. But I'm talking like you know, own their own small business type of chick. Really, you know, went to business school. Really, more wild and bad uh-huh. versus the the, the 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 toothless gum the gummy uh, girl from uh, who's working the uh, Cinnabon. Yeah, because they're all religious fanatics. Yeah, so they they ascribe all these uh, hangups to their religion usually. Interesting. I never thought about that. So, what about Bernie, dude? He's going to get fucked again by the DNC. What's going on with that? So they're uh, they're going to allow Bloomberg. They're de- they seem desperate not to have Bernie win. So Clinton, Hillary Clinton came out and started bashing him. Yeah. Now everyone's got a bashing Bernie. He's in the lead. And uh, now they decide, the DNC decide they're going to allow Bloomberg into the debates, even though he doesn't meet the criteria. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> they, don't want Bernie to, they don't want Bernie to win. I mean, it's very, I don't blame them per se, because I don't think Bernie can win the general election. But it just seems kind of, unf- I mean, and I was, I'm not a Bernie bro like you, but it seems kind of unfair that you're dicking him, dicking him for a second time. I mean, yeah, I don't know. They, they don't seem to, well, he's not a Democrat, so. No, he's not. There's he, that issue. No. I mean, I, I, I get why they don't want him to win. I don't think it, well, there's two, two reasons. One, they don't think he can win. And two, if he wins, he's not going to appease Wall Street like, uh, like Bloomberg and Biden, Biden will. So they're money people. I mean, the, Wall Street gives money to both parties prodigiously. Yeah. So they're money people, the Rahm Emanuel, who wrote an article in the Times yesterday saying how Bernie would be disastrous. The money people, the oldest, the establishment of the Democratic Party, like the Republican Party, does not want a socialist to win to become to become president. Right, I get that. And I mean whether it's if we're talking electability, I think the Democratic Party is among the dumbest group of people yes, in the are. country. Um and and I'm they're obviously also corrupt, not not to the same level, but yeah, so their genius idea now is Bloomberg. We'll take 
everything kind of hateable about Trump, which is rich New Yorker, rich billionaire New Yorker, will have him uh, have no personality. Yes, so he will have no chance of winning, and we'll really get behind that guy. That's stop, that's their plan. The stop and frisk guy. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yes, the guy who's going to appeal. The guy they think is going to appeal to, like bring out the black vote in the South. They're so fucking. Dumb. I don't care anymore. Just lose. No, nah, I want lose and get it over. I with. want even though I do not back her at all. I hope Jill Jill Green is that her name? No, Jill Stein from the Green Party. Yeah, runs again. And she just, she's like weighs like sixty pounds because she's like a vegan. She doesn't know. She's like she's the one Clinton also called a Russian asset because she took like ten thousand votes from her in Wisconsin or something. Mm-hmm. I hope she kind of wins. She won't get anything done, but I kind of like would just like to see like sort of like sweet little old lady like in the White House who does just doesn't do much like grows plants and shrubs in the White House. I think the country would get a lot more done collectively without some lunatic just constantly saying and doing really idiotic things. Yes, <clears throat> although it's really bad. For, it would be really bad for comedy. Um, although I guess you could do a Bloomberg. You could do a Bloomberg invitation. Uh, anyhow, your bro, your Bernie Bros are gonna. I don't know what they're gonna do. They keep having those secret tapes where the Bernie Bros say they're gonna burn everything down if Bernie gets screwed at the convention. Oh, but they're all kind of lazy. Bernie Bros are kind of lazy, so they're just like. Yeah, I don't see that happening per se. I, I don't know that he has the you know Seattle Trade Center anarchist no. vote. I think he has. Well, the, those guys will come out just to create havoc. So I could see, yeah. I could see them doing something. Those those fucking black mass people, they'll come out just to fucking burn shit because they got they love to do that. Yeah, but I think his core is, is the Nantucket polo shirt with the collar flipped up crowd. Yes, yes. The girls that you the girl, the college educated girls you keep talking about. Yeah, the Bernie Bros. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by rappers who tattoo their faces before snitching on their fellow gang members to reduce their sentences. Snitches get stitches. I'd say about sixty nine of them. Rappers with face tattoos, they're dropping like flies. Uh, I don't know if you saw Takashi 69 Is that how you say it? Is he it? dead? No, he's not dead no, yet. Uh, but he's getting out of prison because he, no, he's still in solitary. He's getting out of uh, or whatever they call that restricted uh, prison thing where you're safe from all the other minorities. They just keep you with like you know the Jeffrey Epstein's of the world who won't kill you. Mm-hmm. Although I guess he did do so well. Um, he's getting out in August, and he's saying he's refusing to take the witness protection program. Which which was offered to him probably wouldn't do any good anyway. No, no, I don't think so. But it's still better than him just going back to New York and getting faded within like what a month or two. I would say six days. <laughs> well, so he says he's not going back to New York now. He's going to go to. I think he's from. Te- I never knew he was Hispanic, but he's going like, like back to Texas, hmm. and he intends to surround his house with armed guards. There's no gang members in Texas. Last <laughs> they I won't, heard, they won't find him there. The border town. Yes. <laughs> They're just going <laughs> to kill him. Good. Fuck that guy. Well, so he, the problem is you can't find any. I don't know how much money he has. He can't find any armed security who wants to work for him because they just know it's just way too high risk. Like, yeah, that's a death wish. Plus, he, he there's no way he has enough money to pay off because the last few times he's gone out in public, he has like three or four like giant black security yes, guards. Yes, but there's no way he can afford that for the next five years. There's no, just no way. No, and you, and you, like when, like you said, witness protection doesn't do him any well because we're, he's not going to blend in fucking Tempe, Arizona, as like a homeowner like selling shoes. His, his fucking face tattooed sixty nine on his face. I mean, could they like tattoo his face all a solid color like? It does, there's, no way, him, there's just no way black guy? they can fuck, they can fuck up his hair, change his hair, make it normal, get all the other shit hidden up. There's nothing to do about a giant fucking face tattoo, dude. You're screwed. But the um, whatever it is not the FBI, but the State Department when they take someone into witness protection, it's not like in the movies. They give you a house. 
they don't really give a fuck about you. They don't have a team that's no. doing like face-off style stuff to the guy. No, they don't do that. Well, the assumption is you're not going to have a giant fucking multiple face tattoos on your face. Yeah, you're just going to be a normal-looking dude, probably white dude, and they're going to fucking put you in Arizona somewhere, small Flagstaff. They're going to fucking give you a crew cut and like change your look and give you a baseball cap. And who's going to know? Who's going to find you? I think it's worked pretty. It's worked pretty well. I think. I mean, you don't hear a lot about witness protection people being killed. Yeah, uh, but with this kid, he's 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 dead. He's yeah, already he's dead. dead. It's kind of sad. I don't. I only remember that one song we listened to where he dropped "End Bomb" after "End Bomb." <laughs> like the whole song was just "End Bomb." That's his most popular song. It's barely a song. Yes, I don't understand. It's, is it music? I don't know. It just blew me away that he was Hispanic. Not that he can't be Hispanic, but it just he was like in Brooklyn on the on the. You know, doing the bitches thing and dropping n bombs and like all that stuff, and it just I assumed he was African American because he seemed to be trying to. Be. I'm fascinated with the people that think they have the n bomb credibility. It's like, like the Kardashians. I think will drop some some niggas and stuff, and it's like they have had lots. In their defense, they've had lots of sex with lots of black men. Yeah, but that doesn't really make you no, black. I agree. I agree. Or with Rob Kardashian. Yeah, just because your sisters have fucked every black guy <laughs> west of the Well, he was five. also married. Not married. He had made a baby, multiple babies with black women, I think. They have this. I still like an explanation as to when you decided you could do that. I feel like non black people, like in like the hood, know not to do it. And then, like, people, suburban, like, non-black people don't get it. Right. Like, they think if they have lots of black, if they hang out in the black culture, they can do it a lot. Um, there was those kids at the Brentwood School here in L.A. that were drop, dropping M-bombs on videos and stuff. Well, that was different. That was, like, singing along, rapping along to a song. Still wouldn't do it. I've done that at karaoke. Really? It's in the song. Yeah, I don't know. I'd take, How some, do you want it? If someone, was, if someone had a camera on me, I don't know. I probably wouldn't do it with a camera. <laughs> no, Plus, if I knew I was around the type of people that <laughs> would like release that. Yes. I you, think... Uh, you can't get away. I mean, yes. In ni- 1985, yes. I totally would have done it. I think Chester Hanks did it. Oh, yeah. Oh, the uh, it, ill-begotten son of Tom Hanks. The yeah. rapper, the rapper, white rapper. He should have his son killed. <laughs> yes, he really. It's always that's a that's the thing. Like, there's always even like Tom Hanks, most beloved guy, always has one fucking loser son. Yeah, there's always we should we should do a show called Loser Sons. That'd we be cool. Expose like the loser sons of like night famous nice people. Right. They've all got her daughter. They've all got him somewhere. It, uh, yeah, and it's yeah, nice person. It's got to be the guy that you just imagine has the perfect family. Yes. Like, Mr. Rogers probably had a tranny. I mean, Magic Johnson's a good example. Oh, yeah. Well, in the, I was thinking about this with the Kennedys in the old days. They just put them in a, they put them like in a home. They locked them away, like mm. they did to that one sister who was like semi-retarded. Right. And she was messed up. They just put her in an institution for her entire life and locked her away. Because they're like, we can't have her in public as a Kennedy. And they just said, okay, put her in fucking New Hampshire in the mountains somewhere. For the next 80 years. She had like Down syndrome, right? Uh, she had something wrong with her, but I think it was just sort of they were embarrassed of her. <laughs> I mean, it was, you wouldn't do that in this day and age. But it was like they just said, okay, we can't, we're, you know, we're the perfect looking family. We're like the Kardashians or whatever. We can't have like this one sort of rogue uh, person who says, mumbles dangerous shit <laughs> like that. We're just going to put her in, put her home for 80 years. It'd be a tough decision to make with one's wife. I mean, if, you know, if I had a family. You know, maybe someday. At what point? Because a kid up until a certain age is just going to do and say really stupid things. Yes. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to turn into a worthless adult. Well, I think they used to, people used to reg, like rich families. I believe this could just be from the movies. Used to routinely institutionalize their troubled kids in mm. what not just in a psych ward, but like 
military school, some kind of like distant place, or they send them off to Europe. They just send them away. Right. There's all, and if, if, certainly if a girl got pregnant, she got sent away for like a couple of years. Then came back later, and nobody talked about the baby or where the baby where the baby was. Like yeah. they made those problems disappear. I remember being 18 years old, and I was leaving my hometown. So I had kind of one last night out with my friends, and I had constructed a beer a beer bong hat helmet. Oh, nice! Out of a, a construction helmet, and you know, just really made it with duct tape. Mm-hmm. And I got home, realized I didn't know what to do with it, so I threw it under the porch. And I was kind of seeing off my family, and my dad looked over and saw it. And I think at that moment, he was like, maybe I shouldn't be paying for college. <laughs> like, he had no idea. You were, so, you were so good at hiding your beer bong helmets. You had no idea you were constructing <laughs> such imaginary drinking drinking devices. Yeah. I, I just think he was... <laughs> it's that moment when your parents realize, like, but I, I think, you know, they, if you see your teenager drinking beer, that's a little different than if they're like... Fucking doing math and like you know making babies. I don't think it was the drinking beer. I think it was just like how much time you put into it. Yeah, I mean this is this guy's life. Like he took the time. I didn't buy it. (laughs) My my dad, when I was in high school, California public school, I was so fucking bored all the time. And um, I was in math class, and there's like this fat. uh, We sat the back. I sat in the back of math class with like the two cool kids who were in advanced math. And um, there was like this fat couple. They were like a high school dating couple, and they were both like obese. And they were both in the band. One played the sousaphone, one, like, the girl played, like, fucking some other wind instrument. Enormous, right? Enormous, which you didn't see a lot of enormous fat kids in high school. Mm-mm. But they were in love, and they were constantly, like, touching each other and going at it. <laughs> and in class, they would take, like, he'd take, like, his pencil and rub her with the pencil and stuff. Not necessarily erotically, but, uh, you know, sort of erotically. Not, like, in her genitalia, but, like, on her back. And she would touch him back. And it was, like, Ugh. we just sit. I mean, we weren't paying attention to the teacher, so we just sit and watch this. <laughs> and so I started doing cartoons of, like, things they were doing, sexual, highly sexualized cartoons of these two obese people, just on scratch paper for, like, nine months of the entire like, school year. And, like, at month eight, like, my dad, who I'd never talked to as a teenager, like, took my book upstairs, and all these cartoons <laughs> fell out of the floor. <laughs> and I get home, and my dad, like, again, never talked to me about anything. He was like, son, we need to talk. <laughs> and he starts like sharing in a very awkward way, starts sharing all these like teenage stories about himself. Like, <laughs> like he's like, oh, I uh, just want to tell you, like when we were, God, I remember when we were teenagers and we would like blow up condoms and chase girls around with blown up condoms and stuff like that. Like, that was funny, huh? I'm like, well, no, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I guess in the 50s or whatever, that was, that was okay. He's like, yeah, I found these uh, drawings you made, like. Uh, there's a, a man with his penis is like eight feet long and he's like wrapped around this this other fat girl's head. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like, it's cool, Dad, it's cool. It's just uh uh just uh, I'm I'm gonna be an artist. I'm gonna be a cartoonist one day. He's like, Oh, oh, okay. I, and he didn't get it, but he's like, Okay, that was it. That was our last <laughs> that was the end of the conversation. That's a very I find that to be kind of a progressive Jewish type of story because you actually talked about it, whereas my mom well, she threw away some porn without ever telling me, so it was just gone. That was very awkward. Oh, we didn't talk about sex in my house. <laughs> we didn't talk about anything. She, so I was writing down little comedy bits because I, I wanted to be a comedian. So I'd write down on a little post-it note, like a uh, woman at cash register has weird hair. Some, you know, yeah. something innocuous. And I had kind of stashed the notes. And then she found them. And I think she thought I was like an insane serial killer. Yes. 
Um, like you're just noting, stalking random people. <laughs> yeah, because it just you know how if you write down a note for a bit, it's it just weird. like yes. you know my my dick is sick or I, who knows? It's just you're like dead baby in a blender. Yeah, it's not explained. <laughs> no. So yeah, we never talked about it. She just she just confiscated and probably talked to a professional. Yes, I was I was I think that'd be my very Irish like, thing. They would call my parents would call like some other parent. And say, did your kid ever have like you know uh, erotic crazy uh, drawings <laughs> in their math book? And then I'm sure my mom told like told my daddy had to talk to me finally. And it was like it was like sixty seconds long. It was so awkward, um, but it wasn't. I have to say, on the face of it, when you see these drawings, it was pretty. It was. I don't <laughs> think so. I'd be impressive. I'd be concerned. I as literally the word. remember spending an entire year of high school. Curious. One period, I mean, every period you have to find somebody to do, but in math, one year of math, just watching this fat couple like touch each other and just giggling. I mean, it's just like that's what I did for math for like nine months of the of what of my sixteen. I would have life. been fascinated as well. <laughs> I don't think like, you did anything weird. <laughs> I was just there were like literally two obese people in the school and they hooked up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like what and we doubt like, how are they how's his dick getting inside of her like vagina? You know, like all that stuff that we now have books about. Right. We didn't have books back then about that stuff. You had to figure that shit out. Um, and they did both play giant wind instruments in the band, which was just, you just, it was such a cliche of the fat people playing like the sousaphone in the band. It's kind of heartwarming and also <laughs> revolting at the same time. Yeah, but also, uh, uh, partly jealous. They were getting a lot of, they were having a lot of sex. I'm sure. They when you're were. 16, all you think is like, man, that dude's getting laid like every day. Think. Uh, don't forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last man earth. Thanks to all our new patrons. Again, the shit now before it disappears. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, on to the show. Matt, there's such a big story this week, it even drowns out Kobe Bryant, which we're going to talk about later because you killed him. Um, Amber Heard, you called this. You called this. I was on the fence about this, but like two years Never ago. Never wavered on Two or three years ago her now. Guilt. Yeah, when when uh, she showed up with that face, with the uh, iPhone face, mm-hmm. like the perfectly meshed imprinted <laughs> imprinted iPhone. So iPhone. You could see the serial number. You could see the Wuhan province it was made in China. She had done a cold press onto her face yes. with the iPhone. Yes, which didn't even look like like it was a real incident to begin with. No, but she made sure to document it. She took pictures. I was on TMZ. Somehow those pictures got leaked. She sued Johnny Depp for divorce. There was those, uh, uh, was it videos or photos? Like videos where Johnny Depp was like drunk at eight in the morning at the wine bottles and he had like all the bracelets on. She's my dog right there. She taped him, remember? Yeah, he was drinking a magnum of wine yes. <laughs> at 10 in the morning yes. and he was. He's not completely drunk in the story. And he was saying, Get the fuck out of my face, you cunt. Why are you filming me? I'm hungover. It's 10 in the morning. Yes. Totally understand. Yes. I mean, yes. I wouldn't want to be him. No. But I completely... He's, he's a bit of a submissive. He held back a lot more than I would have. He's a bit of a whiny bitch. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And so it turns out, now we learn this week, thanks to a Daily Mail leak of... Uh, uh, I don't think they were tapes from the, from the actual court case or just tapes that Johnny Depp made secretly himself. I couldn't quite figure out. Daily Mail has them. And it's Amber Heard with attorney. There's attorneys present. Admitting that she basically threw pots and pans at his head and hit him, <laughs> and and uh, I mean she didn't say you didn't hit me too, but she basically admitted that she's like the 
she wore the uh, abusive pants of the family in, in their marital relationship, basically. She's a resting, bitch-faced, joyless lesbian. Yes. yes. Is any of this coming as any shock? Who, by the way, had been previously arrested for physical assault at the, Was- at the Seattle airport for yanking her, which I'm sure was an overblown uh, a bit of assault, but for yanking her then-girlfriend like around the airport. Her girlfriend was a person exactly like her. Yes. So she had a little tiff with her girlfriend, and being a worthless member of society, her girlfriend then reports it to the police instead of just breaking up or moving on. However, looking back on it now, it does show a bit of a pattern because Johnny Depp, they all interviewed his ex-wife and his ex-girlfriend, they all said, no, Johnny never touched me. And they interviewed her ex-girlfriend. She's like, yeah, she assaulted me in the airport. So it is a black mark against you when you're talking about another level of domestic abuse. Yeah, it's all coming together pretty obviously. I mean, Johnny Depp, even when he's all drugged, can you imagine that dude in a wife beater no. throwing punches at no. anyone? No. It, with, all his, he can't, with all the bracelets, he could probably not even <laughs> barely lift his arm. I can see him slamming it like he slams the drawers or whatever. He was a chick. He was a chick in the relationship, right? It was like a, a raging bull. And he's like the chick in the relationship. She's the dude. She's like actually physically throwing punches and assaulting him. He's like crying, whining. He would like slam cabinets and stuff. Because I've been with women and I've never hit them, but I have gotten angry and thrown a bunch of furniture into the pool. And they're like, well, that shows that you're violent. I'm like, no, that shows that instead of body slamming the person who rightfully deserved it, I decided to take it out on an inanimate object. So I, I, that's who Depp is. Not a great defense, but I like that. I like where you're going with that. Well, the Depp wouldn't lift. Depp would not even lift a cap. No, never accused me of being violent. I'm just saying Depp that. would like knock a wine glass over. He would like slam slam couches. He would like probably take bracelets off and throw them around or whatever. He's yeah. a very much like a child. He's very much he's like a, a child. dog. He's like a dog or a child or a little girl. I mean, he's clearly a submissive. He's clearly the the the, the submissive in the relationship, and so he's doing the wine. And I'm sure, by the way, he can be super fucking annoying. But she clearly was the one who was, sounds like, who was beating him. And you called it. Uh, I didn't necessarily believe it just because it's, you know, it's just sort of, because, you know, I'm at, I fall into that prejudice that I've been reading about this last week about all these men are being abused and they can't talk about it and all this other stuff. And by the way, women have turned on her pretty, pretty, pretty powerfully. Um, however, here's the thing. She has not yet been called out by like Marvel for the next Aquaman movie she's in or her professionally, her career. Whereas I think it's pretty clear if Depp, and Depp did suffer, he's suing her. That's why this stuff came out. He's suing her for $50 million for defaming him as an abuser. Uh, that if she was a man, it would be instantaneous. She would be pulled from all her projects, like immediately, right? Yeah. I mean, she's got the Pantene or some kind of um, shampoo thing. Hair, hair commercial I saw her on. Yeah, I mean, she's an abuser. Like, this seems to be pretty cut and dry. So even just with the allegations, just with her voice, on tape saying, I throw pots and pans and hit you. If that was a dude and he did to her and she's physically bigger than he is, he'd be out of, he'd be suspended every single project he had going on in Hollywood immediately. Yeah. And plus now we could probably get in that. I mean, she was lying. She, she was likely lying about him physically abusing her. Yes. So that's a false accusation. She's also taken advantage of charities. She's claimed that, or, or I guess just promoting herself, but claiming that... So they had that $7 million that was won. Yes. In a settlement, Depp, his, him, knowing that she's a, a very dishonest, despicable person, says, I'm not going to give you the $7 million. To and give to battered women. She says, well, I'm going to give it to battered women. They go, okay, we'll just give it right to the battered women. We'll put your name on it. 
we know you're going to try and steal it yeah. and that you're really pathetically using this battered women thing as an excuse to get $7 million yes. for yourself. Yes. And by the way, you're the batterer. And then here's an even more ironic, shameful part. The reason that she's being sued by de- for defamation was because she wrote an op-ed in the newspaper about how her husband abused her and how she could had nowhere to run and nowhere to go. Like, and this was like a big deal. Famous woman. She didn't name Johnny, Johnny Depp in it, but she talked about her husband, uh, who was clearly Johnny Depp. And they had an agreement not to do that. And she's calling him out in an, in an op-ed. It was the New York Times or Washington Post. I can't remember. Uh, calling him abuser and playing the victim. <laughs> like right. When she was clearly at least 50%, if probably not 75% of the problems in the physical uh, abusive problems in the relationship. Oh, Jesus. So I mean, whether or not we believe in cancel culture, yes. <clears throat> she would have to be a prime uh, candidate for for this yes. up with Weinstein because she's she's essentially committing like charity fraud or whatever you want to call it. She's I would like to find out. Starting a campaign of misinformation. We got to find out where that seven million went because there's just like you said, there's no way that seven, maybe two million of the seven million or something went to the women's charity. But I would love to see where that seven million went because he definitely wrote a check for seven million. And by the way, he's kind of broke because he fucking is an idiot. And he went through all his cash and they sued his manager. Well, she did. I read in one of the depositions or whatever it was. It was like a breakdown of of kind of her day to day life, and she just like what she, she goes. Spends, what she spends. She on. spends like twenty grand a month just on really dumb cunt shit like jewelry and like. Uh, spa treatments and she's really just a really privileged entitled person i mean there's nothing wrong with having money or spending it but it was just the the type of thing that a joyless asshole spends money on like she's like a, she's like a porsche de rossi if she hadn't met ellen right? <laughs> like if right. you can't meet the the, the bulldike who like who has like 100 million in the bank and you got johnny depp and you, so you take this beta male and make him your husband even though you like women and you're very very mas- masculine she was just going to suck him dry of money there's no way she thought she was going to be married. But she more did, than, but and she that, did, and he, you know him being all methadone out and whatever his yeah. deal is, and you see he spends thirty, uh, I'm sorry, thirty grand a month on wine. <laughs> yes. I doubt he ever put that together. <clears throat> like, dog, do you know how hard that would be? Even if you drink a lot of wine, <laughs> like, are you are you sure that your fucking wife? Didn't just uh, invoice a few cases of <laughs> Chateau, whatever, and you know was then just taking that right to Tiffany's. I, I mean, clearly he, he might not even know that, but I know it. He may not know. He, clearly, he's like a man child. He's just not an adult for whatever reason. He's grown up as like a, a, a you know, he's still like fourteen years old in his brain. Yeah, and he's drinking wine and writing poetry and wearing bracelets and fucking getting henna tattoos, probably. And like he's basically Tom Hanks in Big, but yes. with a massive substance problem. Yeah, and a lot of mo- and a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So he's a target. He's a huge target. I mean, he was just like a babe in the woods. And I, again, I you know I, I'm not willing to say fifty fifty on this, but clearly marrying an angry lesbian uh, with a bad track record not a good idea. No. Really bad, really poor judgment on his part. He seemed to be happy with the last ex-wife, uh, the model, the Italian model, uh, who just was gone. They were gone from each other 11 months out of the year. That seemed to make him happy. He could get a ton of interesting, cool chicks, yes. too. I mean, she's she's kind of a boring actress. She's hot. I mean, I get that. But, um, I mean, what was it? That, I mean, did he want the cachet of converting the lesbian? I don't I think understand. she's just... I, I, I'm going to go psychological here and say that he just liked the fact that she was in charge. Hmm. Because he seemed like a guy who's been looking for someone. I, I'm sure there's break down the pathology of his, of his upbringing and his parents. There's probably something there with a strong woman who like sort of like 
was in charge of shit. Right. I think he was just looking for a strong woman to like give him some comfort and like take take over so he have to think about shit. And he could just write his poetry and do his do his fucking play his guitar in the band, his rock band, and do do his fucking quirky acting roles. Right. And he just wanted like a caretaker he could trust. He, everyone else was robbing him blind. And then, you know, the irony of all ironies, he ended up marrying a lesbian who just robbed him blind again. Yeah, he's basically uh He's, a, he's, he's a, turning into the last scene of There Will Be Blood in the bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I was thinking of just a batter. He literally is like a batter woman who keeps marrying bad dudes. Like there's a kind of woman who just like sometimes she's on her third boyfriend who beats her. And you're like, is it you? Is it you? Because, you know, you're, you're, you're attracted to these guys who, in this case, he's attracted to a girl who is assaulting you and abusing you. And you're kind of comforted by it. Maybe. Maybe you find comfort in that for some reason. Um, but it's really, it's really sad. That's when a brother or sister, someone has to step in and say, like, dude, just you got, you can't do. Do this. you think he gets off on the like, <clears throat> like she files a bogus, you know, slanderous uh, op-ed or like a countersuit, and he knows she's lying, and he's like, huh, that's just like her <laughs> classic <laughs> Amber. Maybe I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Depp is fucked up. Depp's pretty fucked up, dude. He's not a normal dude. He's not like a friend of ours just involved in this relationship. <laughs> he, I mean, the dude wears 37 bracelets. And he's got a magnum of wine in his hands in the morning, and he's like, he's you know, he try, still looks like he's like twelve years old, you know, and still kind of acts like it. Yeah, there's something, there's something definitely. He, he's a target. He's got a fucking target written all over him. Right. He's like a chick in the mini skirt walking in the bad part of town, <laughs> just like you know, drunk and unaware of her surroundings. I mean, he was just a fucking target. But again, the most important thing: she's a horrible person. She clearly seems to have admitted on tape that she beat him. And she's still not lost her livelihood. Yeah, if we're going after everyone who has shades of character flaws, I mean, like the Chris Hardwicks of the world. Yeah, yeah, I think she need, she should be right up there in the top of that pantheon. I'd at least bring her in if I'm Marvel. I bring her in and say, like, what the fuck, you're on tape admitting to abusing this guy. Like, did you? Are you lying? I mean, this is your voice. What, what was going on? At least let her try to fucking explain herself. I, you know, and she's not only lying, but she's. By virtue of just being a cunty lesbian, she's positioning herself as like some sort of authority on the subject. Yes. Which yes. is just doubly the idea, worse. The idea is she's going to donate money to the battered women's shelter, and that's going to be like, <laughs> credit. And then she's writing. Well, actually, think if I can, that's the thing. Like, I think that ego of like, you, can't, uh, you cannot overestimate how much ego is involved with these people. They did, she's like getting, starting to get play as like a woman's rights a feminist mm-hmm. who's been abused, and now she's a victim. And now she's going to start writing op-eds and stuff. They can't, like Rose McGowan, you cannot, like, pl- you know, they just can't stop themselves, I don't think. Right. They can't, like, say, I got $7 million plus whatever I got out of this. It's over. I did pretty well for myself. Let's put it, put it away. Like, no, I, I have to now be the champion. This is where I'm getting plays. I'm not going to be the champion of this cause. I hope, I wouldn't say this about very many people. I hope she crashes and burns and is never allowed to work in Hollywood again. That would be awesome. I hope so, too. I do really hope so, too. Although. Then I see her on back page like five years from now. <laughs> You'll still hook up with her. <laughs> She'll take you for everything. When, you get, when she comes in and says she has an, whatever the latest iPhone, the new iPhone model on her face, <laughs> she has to upgrade. You're like, wait, that's a five. Why, why is it? It's 2027. Why do you have an iPhone 5 on your face? Speaking of people you wish dead. Oh, come on. Kobe Bryant, you uh, uh, at one time listed him as like uh, your most hated person. 
Uh, we did a list, I remember. For some reason, you had all black people. Uh, <laughs> I just attribute that to your Northwest upbringing. Um, I literally think that you, Kobe Bryant, like just not, you know, you didn't wish him to be dead, but among all the professional basketball players, certainly he's the one you d- dislike the most, I would say. Uh, if him and Durant. Yeah. <clears throat> probably him. I, because, I, because I think the rape charge probably. With him, I hated his on court game and his off court yes. game as well. Yes. I, I'm really sad that he died, but. You thought he was, over, you thought he was overrated as a player. I mean, you thought he was good, but not great. Yeah. You didn't think he deserved any top 10 mentions. No. And, uh, although he had five, five or six rings, however many it was. And you didn't like his aunt, you didn't like his whiny bitchiness on court. Uh, or the fact that he was drawing fouls when he was jabbing, you know, fucking jabbing people on the side all the time, right? Yeah, a lot of you know public sniveling yes. about teammates and stuff yeah. like that, which is all you know it happens. But then trying to brand yourself as like the ultimate winner, it's like <laughs> dog. I think you were just on the Lakers and you were pretty good. Like, and then off court, I think you believed he was a phony. You, you talked about the way he dressed. He started tucking his shirt in yes. first. He had the yeah. Like the Michael Jordan voice that was quite contrived. I just did it if you want to know how hard that is to yeah, do. Right. Um, and then he kind of transitioned into the tucked in shirt guy, um, kind of artsy entrepreneur guy. He did win an Oscar, Matt. See, that really <laughs> bothers me Dear too. basketball. Because, A, that wasn't that good. But uh, the people that vote for the Oscars, the Academy, are the same people who would never see a guy work again if he was accused of sexual assault. And just because they're big Lakers fans, they gave this guy a pass, which I just thought was just invalidates a lot of the Hollywood Me Too stuff <laughs> right there. That's a powerful people just saying like, yeah, but you know, we like going to the games for free. Oh yeah, and so he is, but he so he 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 was transitioned out of uh, being a basketball player, and then he had this thing where, which I found not galling, but it was kind of strange. I think I, I believe in a higher power a little bit, and I think he was he was given four daughters for mm-hmm. a, for a reason, whether it be Mother Nature, whatever you want to believe in, that he got four, three or four. I think it was four daughters, and so you you know, and then he had to do this thing where it seemed very so intense that it seemed fake about his love of girls basketball, very fake, I would say, <laughs> like, and also just tremendously egotistical. Like, okay, I happen to produce four daughters now. I think girls basketball is really important yes. like i guarantee if you had two sons you wouldn't give a shit about girls basketball that's what i think i think if you had even one son like you know like lebron Jr., Bronny jr whatever the fuck his name is he plays up here in the valley uh, lebron's at all his games and all this shit like he loves the fact this kid's gonna be like going straight to the nba this kid's gonna be <laughs> dom- the next dominant player in the nba whatever mm-hmm. he loves that he loves him he's a guy i don't blame him that's how guys think Right, and so the minute Kobe has the girls, he starts talking about girls basketball. He starts coaching the team. He actually said recently that there's three women, including Diana Trossi, who could have played in the NBA, and just let that drop. Yes, even though it makes no sense. No, because if they could have, they would have, because they'd have a huge uh, cushion there. If they were even close to good enough, they would have been on a team. Well, he had to start doing that thing where he would say the girls play a pure sport. I hate that, right? The girls play. What does that mean? It means that girls like actually listen to the coach and like make bounce passes like they're supposed to. Like guys, 
do stupid ass like regular passes, hard passes where girls know to do the smart bounce pass into the lane because you know it's, it's more difficult to defend, and that's how you're supposed to properly do things, or not to mm-hmm. do the like the, uh, the, all, they showed this clip the other day of all the players in the NBA who were like taking the ball inbounds and properly. And they were starting to get like, the girls know not to do that. They I've know watched to- girls basketball. That'd be like if you put me behind a NASCAR and they're like, look at him. He's driving 80 miles an hour. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I got to ease into it because I don't know what I'm doing. His turns are beautiful. <laughs> yeah. He's executing perfect turns. He's in the last place. He's executing perfect turns. Look at the lane signal he's got going yeah, on. He's really listening to the crew pit. <laughs> I, I didn't believe it first. I mean, the whole thing, like all the women sportscasters cried when he died, talking about the girl dad, hashtag girl dad. And I didn't believe any of it for me. I believe that he was really into it because he's just an intense guy. Yeah. But it was like when he starts dropping, like, oh, you know, there's a, girls can cross over dribble just like guys can. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Is that true? It doesn't seem true. I mean, could a girl defend Chris Paul on a, cross, a, a crossover? I don't think so. Could Chris Paul defend a girl on a crossover? Probably. I don't know. I mean, like, he just would say shit like that. And you're like, oh, everyone's like, yeah. Like what? Like, and he still he still looked the same. Like he he lost his hair, but he I mean he wasn't that. Oh, he was forty two. Yeah, you know he had aged well. You know, he took care of himself. Yeah, so he looked just like when he played, but he had on like like a Berber shirt or something <laughs> like LL Bean stuff that he was wearing. Like as this obvious uh, image consultant type of thing. Yes, and I just found it really annoying. Yeah, well, that's why you fucked up his helicopter, his Sikorsky. <laughs> and also, I just, after his death, learned about all the people that are flying around LA in helicopters, apparently now. Like, the Kardashians use the same helicopter, and the other people use the same helicopter. Like, I didn't realize people actually, I knew they had private planes that take it off from regular airports. I did not know that, like, rich people are flying around helicopters around Southern California. That's a new yeah. one to me. I always look at the sky and I see helicopters, and it's like, something important, something important. But now it's just Kobe taking his daughter to like a basketball game. It is unfortunate the way the world, because Kobe, you know, while he's probably was full of shit and uh, certainly an annoying guy, you know, at least he, I think, was maybe bettering himself. You can never fault someone for that. He's turning it. He had a positive message. How authentic it was, I don't know. But after the rape, he was trying to do. Yeah, he had to have a positive message after the rape and change his number and stuff. But you know. If the Kardashians are on that same flight, or that taking that same chopper, yes, why not one of them? You know? <laughs> if it's oh, got to yeah. go down anyway, if you got to choose between Kim Kardashian, and Kobe Bryant, yeah, I, I go Kim. Yeah, in terms of that, in terms of that, I mean, Kobe was off to take his, his intense or whatever his rationale was. He is taking his girls to a basketball game, uh, which seems kind of cool. It's my theory with the terrorists. If you're gonna do it. Anyway, assuming it has to happen, why why a high school? Why not a goddamn Buffalo Wild Wings? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the reason they do that, isn't it? Because they want to like if it was a Wild Wings, nobody would get nobody would give nobody would give a shit. Just so, close for a day and we move is, on. And so when they have like, I just won't look at shootings in Texas. I assume that's just Texas. Like if there's just like a shooting like in Texas, I'm like, yeah. I mean, like okay, like that's not. But if there's a shooting like in a Cincinnati like mall, I'm like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. But yeah. like in Texas, I just assume there's just people shooting each other every day. Everyone has guns. Right. Like shooting. It's like, like Afghanistan. Yeah, you live in what? Texas. Nine thousand people died. Yeah, like someone oh. walked into a church with a gun. Of course they did. It's Texas. <laughs> I just and then there's like seven guys in church who had guns on them, shot them back. Yeah, of course it's Texas. Yeah, I get that. That's not unusual. Well. Here's the thing. So Kobe, the, the thing I couldn't didn't get was how much mourning and, and, and I mean Kobe was probably the most uh, superstar basketball sports athlete to die at this age. 
Like, just unexpected, by far. unexpectedly. It wasn't sick or anything for a while. I just died in a crash. But I have to admit this. So I was on the 101 freeway on this uh, Sunday morning ago, and I read about the Kobe crash, and they said it was in, off the 101 freeway. And Kobe Bryant dead and crashed 101 freeway. My first thought was, oh, fuck the traffic. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be horrible. Jesus. That's LA though, dude. I'm just saying that's LA. It's cutthroat. <laughs> someone goes someone goes down near a freeway or like when there's like a jumper like on the overpass, the guy's gonna try to kill himself. I'm like, oh fuck traffic. Like, I remember that. Did that happen in San Francisco? In Seattle, there was I think it was the five overpass. Someone would for a while it was really frequent. Stand up there debating about whether or not yes. to kill themselves. Yeah. And then people would just egg them on to please kill themselves and yes, i totally understand that they did uh, yeah the golden gate bridge was the number one uh suicide spot so they built like because every like every two weeks some guy would be out there they shut down the whole fucking bridge and they, they people would jump most times they would actually jump a lot there's a great documentary about people did actually jump a lot i saw it and uh but they did then they built the fence so you can't jump anymore it's only i shouldn't say only i mean when you're up there it looks very high yeah, because it is. But I think it's like 270, 250 feet or something. I don't know. You ever jumped from a thirty story building before to the floor to the ground? No, but uh, I figure if you pencil dive, uh, you still die. <laughs> I don't think anyone survived it. I don't know. I mean, there's probably a way to. No, actually... there's been a few that have, but really? they they get real fucked up, fucked up. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, I think you'd go deep enough that it would probably shatter everything in your body. So. A pencil, pencil dive, yes. You may as well strap some weights. If you're going to do it and you're listening, I mean, just strap a couple dumbbells on you just to eliminate. Because surviving, even though they're always going to say, I'm glad I survived, I don't know if I believe that no, necessarily. No. In their iron lung, laying down their iron lung. Yeah. Like, you weren't killing it already, I'm assuming. So There were so many suicides. I remember the documentary. There were so many suicides. You just go out there with a camera to shoot a documentary and wait. And every night somebody would come <laughs> crawling out on the, on the out on this long stretch over the water to jump. Right, right. It wasn't like you have to wait like three weeks for something to come. It was like every night people were coming to kill themselves. And I think a lot of that was the uh, when the AIDS thing was going on. Mm. A lot of people with AIDS were just killing were killing themselves. So uh, you know what do you do? Did not, you not good, <laughs> not good for the water? Did you ever see the Leif? So this was on VH1 in heavy rotation when I was in high school, and I think it was I had first gotten basic cable, so I didn't know who Leif Garrett was. But I guess he uh, got all coked up and drunk yes. and uh, basically crippled his friend for life. Um, and then the guy came out to like have a reunion, and they were like, sorry about the lawsuit. And it was pretty awkward. And, yes. uh, then the guy's all weird looking. He's all <laughs> crippled and like twisted around. And then he was like, uh, you ready for a bomb? He saved my life that night. Really? It's like, man. Um, <laughs> How many times did you watch that? Was it behind the music? Five or six. Yeah, behind the music. Oh, I love Garrett. those. Love those. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, the the tributes. It's crazy because he was so famous. He was really one of the more famous people. I never thought about him ever once. I mean, I mean, when he was winning championships, I thought about him, and I guess even in L.A., you'd hear about him a lot. But I never thought about him. Like I didn't like him. I didn't like. I'm not a Lakers fan, of course. But I never really thought of him. And then when he retired, I never thought about it at all. Right, so it wasn't like he was on my mind, you know. But it was it was shocking when it said he went down, just to hear the name because the famous name. But I didn't really realize how much he affected people, because there aren't really many. Like I said, there's never been a, a sports celebrity of that level who sort of died tragically. I I knew about it. I mean, I I had a firm read on his popularity in the city of L.A. I was never able to fully explain it because I mean, Shaq played here and. You know, Shaq was pretty cool and won championships and all this, but they they just latched on. I think it's because it's such a fake town 
that they're like, yeah, Kobe contrived this persona. Like, that's what we do, too, right? Like, we're all, we're really into that. I think we mentioned Kobe when we talked about when Nipsey Hussle died and they had, like, the 80 miles distract- funeral through the streets of Los Angeles. They literally shut down. They did a 13 miles, 13 mile uh, processional through the streets of Los Angeles where they shut the streets down for Nipsey Hussle, hmm. who was like, I don't know, like an okay rapper and sold some albums. He was not like that. I had no clue. He was not Jay Z. His popularity. He was not like, and I knew he was popular among the gang members in South Central. But the fact the mayor came out, gave a speech, and I think the governor came down. I don't remember. Fuck. Didn't going it on. turn out that that was gang related? Uh, it was some be- a personal beef he had with some guy. Okay, I'm sure it was gang related somehow. But they had that huge procession. We talked about how like there's just nobody really in L.A. that's like associated with LA enough that if they die there'd be like a big funeral procession through town. Yeah. Because LA just doesn't have those kind of people. They don't have those like old school like figurehead kind of famous people associated tied to the town, tied to the Yeah, city. even Kobe wasn't from LA. No, but I think we mentioned Kobe would be the only guy we could think of who would like where the it would be, the whole city would shut down for like a funeral. Yeah. Well we'll find out. I guess we'll find we'll find out soon enough. So they're gonna have something. It is sad. Well his daughter died. It was really sad. But uh, uh, I don't know. I think it was a bit, it seemed like it was a bit much. The tributes were a bit much. Every single thing and the Kobe stuff and whatever. I mean, it's, at the end of the day, he's a basketball player. Um, and so it's unclear that he, what his impact on society outside of basketball was. I know everyone's was doing the mom, fucking black mamba, whatever fucking mentality. <laughs> like yeah. it's become a big thing now. Like now that Kobe died, I'm really going really gonna to try to work harder and really gear up my game, gear up my game. <laughs> like... Take it hundred ten percent. Which is so stupid, by the way, because okay, he's probably reality like six four, you know, six five. Um, one of the a real freak athlete in his younger years. I mean, crazy dunks, you know, vertical speed, all this stuff. He didn't work any harder than seventy percent of the dudes in the NBA. No. Like the, like Allen Iverson was lazy. Yes, or like you know Shaq never. Uh, you know, worked out Could or have something. lost a few pounds, yeah. I mean, maybe Shaq's a bad example. Yeah. But acting like Kobe worked harder than Ray Allen is just, what, just because he says that? Like, it's it's a fairly idiotic notion that at a super elite level you could be working harder. Now, okay, did you take a lot of really terrible shots and people gave him credit for that? Like, oh, yeah, man, he just keeps shooting <laughs> when he misses a lot. Okay, if that's working harder, I don't. I think that's a twisted way of explaining that. They're ta- they're touting that you know, his last final game he scored sixty points. That and was embarrassing. I watched, that and they game. were touting the fact that all the players on the team were just giving the ball to shoot over and over again. He and shot like fifty oh, shots. Yeah, we're like, oh, we're just gonna give Kobe the ball. And like it was the greatest night ever. I'm like, why is that the greatest night ever? You just fucking teed him up like to score points he didn't deserve. I watched. I was <laughs> nauseated. By the way, as they were getting knocked out, not knocked out, as they were out of the playoffs like already. A year in a so row. it was a regular season game. Yes. Um, yeah, because he had hijacked the team and continued playing, which eventually gave them a good draft pick, I guess. But he imploded the team for the last three or four years. He basically um, stayed on through his hard work and dedication. Correct. And every uh, every time they're interviewing all his teammates, every teammate story about him, they're all reverent at this point about him. But it's, it's Kobe yelling at them about something. Right. It's Kobe chiding them or yelling at them about how they're not playing the right position, they're not playing defense right, they're not playing hard enough, and all that stuff. And I'm like. That's the mentality of a winner, but also the most annoying guy at the office. Right. The absolute most annoying guy at the office who everybody secretly hates because he's like not just an overachiever, but he has to let you know he's an overachiever and, and berate you and berate you because of it. I mean, it's a, it's a game. You're playing basketball. Yeah. He's the kind of like 
and I know he was very like kind of close with people throughout the NBA, but who do you think his actual like buddy was? I, I mean, do you think I he saw, had any friends? The one I saw was Jonah Hill for some reason. For some odd reason, it was Jonah Hill. Uh, that's, I don't know what to say. They about were that. tight. They were like super <clears throat> tight. Apparently, um, it was just celebrities. I think celebrities and other some other ball players. I mean, LeBron cried a lot. Of, when the camera went on LeBron, he started crying the other day. <laughs> just crocodile tears coming down his face over and over again. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know if you. I mean, you know, it's pretty. It is sad. sad. It's but I'm saying, like, if you were like, if you're in the entertainment business, and there's like, so I don't know, there's a, a thousand, there's 500 people playing the NBA. Maybe fifty really good ones, right? For good players, and I guess they're in a, they play on all star games together, and the Olympics team, and the whatever team, and the, the national team. So they probably get to know each other more. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like fifty, hundred guys who are all this little fraternity: Steph Curry and Kobe Bryant, LeBron, yeah, the yeah, upper tier. But I don't know if you had that like in the entertainment industry. Do you think like A list actors cry when other A list actors die so much? Like I don't know if I'm just dead inside. Oh yeah, no, you are. Um, because I don't have any feelings for anyone I don't personally know or care about. That's what I mean. Even, like, if, they're, even if they're really good at their craft, which he was, I think, uh, I don't like, oh, he's a great actor. If like, uh, like, I love Springsteen, and I don't hang out with Springsteen, nor have I ever met him. I've seen him live. But if Springsteen died, it wouldn't really affect me, because no. I just don't know him i just uh, no. listen to his music you wouldn't yeah. uh, you wouldn't play a uh, thunder road and like cry for a i don't of identify as him i'm not applying for a job and i'm like i bring the springsteen mentality <laughs> into the writer's room you know i uh well it wasn't wear there, black jeans there was a little bit of a clap clap back there's a little bit of a, a, a you know, people like said it's like a member of your family died and i was like no have you ever had a member of your family die shouldn't be like that no it's not like that at all it's kobe you watched him play basketball for a long time Maybe you had courtside seats and he gave you a little banter back and forth like Jack Nicholson, but it's not like losing. Well, a lot of the Lakers fan base, uh, let's see, how do I phrase this, are utter losers. Yeah. I'm not talking about the, I'm talking about the upper bowl. Yes. You know, the guys with the the Kobe tattoo and jersey (laughs) bringing their girlfriend who I don't understand what she's even possibly thinking. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think that's true for a lot of people. I think it's also, it speaks a lot of ill about uh, society that you would. You're think here that you're good friends with someone who doesn't know who you are. No, I, yeah, I agree. I don't know. I think people people have always looked up the sports stars. They used to look up the politicians. I guess that, day, that <laughs> those days are pretty much gone. So he's just got sports stars left, and they're always end up sort of being losers. And you know, and, and I mean, I always fall back to uh, what Charles Barkley said, which is like we should not be role models. Yeah, like which is we play basketball. Like we're big and we play basketball and we're good at that. But that's all you know about us. Like we should not be. Ro- you know, your athletes should not be role models. Because you really don't know anything about us, and half of us are fucking horrible. Half of us are horrible people. But I want to talk about Harvey Weinstein, a good person. Well, he was a good person until like two years ago. He, I still listen to all those fucking award shows where Harvey... I, it's amazing. If you go back and look at all the Oscar openings, stuff like that, how Harvey Weinstein's laughing, they're calling out, making a little joke about Harvey being like, a, a assault, a sexual assaulter, and he's giggling, and the girls around him are giggling, and like everyone's kind of having a laugh at his reputation for like, you know, light. What they're lightly mocking is light sexual assault, right? But which we know is like he's actually fucking like getting off in front of girls, like he's offering to put in movies and stuff like that. Um, so he's finally going to trial. By the way, I love his walker. <laughs> it's the walker with that's pure comedy with. 
The best part is he put the tennis balls on the front of the walker. No way. Yes, he did. Wow. Two tennis balls on the front of the walker. So he went like full, like, you know, he had like, and I don't know what his real medical condition is. I mean, he's an older fat guy. It's probably like an actual prop from Patch Adams That's or right. something. <laughs> That's what I mean. He clearly had a prop person going like, go to like a senior center like in, in Arizona to see what like the really old people people were using. <laughs> and they just like offered some guy like 500 bucks for his walker, the tennis balls on it. So it looked worn and everything. Probably has like probably has like uh, uh, Applebee like coupon stickers around and stuff like that. <laughs> just, I mean, he looks so and he leans into it. He leans into it uh, like uh, my dad when he hurt his back recently. He had a walker for like a week, and I could see like when you have it, like you le- you can tell there's like some people stand upright, mm-hmm. use it for stability, but there's the people who lean into it like they're really like on their last legs, like right. they're about to leave this world, like they cannot stand without this. Instead of being an A, they can't stand without it. And, uh, Are they too proud for a wheelchair? Or? Yeah, well, they're too proud for a wheelchair, or they're just nobody cares about old men, really. Honestly, <laughs> it's like women will use a walker for twenty years. Guys, when they get the walker, it's like towards the end, right? Yeah. So it's not like a, they're going to be using this for twenty years. It's like you rent it for three months, and he looks like that guy. I mean, he's suddenly gone from like vibrant rapist to like <laughs> feeble man who looks like he's on death death's doorstep. He's not that old. No, he's like sixty five or something. Okay. And I'm sure he has health problems. Yeah, but like I don't know where like the walker came from. Like I'm sure he has diabetes problems or heart problems or whatever. But I'm not sure what the walker, like I can't walk anymore thing, came from suddenly when it's trial time. <laughs> it's know? just the most visual prop is all. <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, you can't say like oh he has heart like like when Bill Cosby went blind yeah. during his during his ex trial. Now he was like 79 years old and he had a history of eye problems. But the fact that he had to have a guy walk him around by his arm. Yeah. Clearly, clearly overdone. I would just have a guy in a doctor's outfit that said, like, heart surgeon. Just follow <laughs> me around everywhere. With, like, a, a pulse rate thing, a pulse rate machine, yeah. a baby thing. Like, like, an IV bag just that wasn't hooked up. And just have him get the paddles, like the electric paddles. <laughs> yeah. Like paddle you every now and then, of course. Excuse me, Judge, we got to paddle him. His heart's about to stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so, that thing is so fucking hilarious. And the fact that he's going into this trial where all these women are just talking about how he raped them, basically, sexually assaulted them. And this guy's like leaned over. It's like sort of like when they finally caught like the old Nazis who are like 90 years old. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like barely alive. And, he's, and they're like, this guy like, you know, beat to death 47 Jewish in the hall, you know, like stomped his boot on them and killed in, in the head. You and feel you know, sorry for him for like half a second? Well, it's just hard to, pic- it's just hard to picture them being 30, yeah. 28 or 30 and being like big and vibrant, strong fucking Germanic dude. Who's just violent as all fuck, and now he's ninety. He's in like a wheelchair, and he's got like a fucking oxygen tank. You're like, what? That guy like killed yeah. forty seven people. Um, but here's the thing. So the last lady, and I don't somehow I don't know the names of these actresses that are testifying against them. So I assume they didn't make they didn't pass the test. Mm. Uh, just came out and said he had a tiny a baby dick. That's um, <laughs> man. Uh, her name is Man. Is it? Do you know who she is? Oh, no, I, I'm oh, the beater. There's nothing to be seen there. At some point, he got her a job as a hairstylist. But, well, there uh, you go. You, you can do what you can do. I mean, I know he, he got women jobs with his, his wife. His trophy wife had that uh, fashion line. Yeah. Um, that is like, there's all these stories about whether or not she can come back with her fashion line after the fact that she clearly married a fat, pit, rich pig. 
just so she get her fashion line going. <laughs> like, she's really innocent. Well, I don't know how innocent she is. She's like, if we do a Nazi comparison, she was a banker, like for the right. Nazis. She that was, would be a reparations conversation. Yes. If she was a Nazi. Yeah. She was, uh, she clearly, she clearly uh, looked the other way as uh, he was gone overnight and coming back with like a mix of semen and blood on himself. Yeah. Um, but as the woman said, uh, that he was like, she thought when she saw his penis that he was intersex. That his penis was so tiny that she thought it might be a vagina, and that he had, had like a little baby. Basically, said baby penis. And this woman voluntarily, in her own words, fucked him dozens of times. Oh yeah, and she let him pee on her. Yeah, uh, well, I don't. A, I don't think there's any. I don't. I don't equate the two because I don't think she she was going to have sex with him because he had a nice dick. I mean, she was having sex with him so she could get a role in the movies or whatever it was. Right. So if he had a baby intersex penis or like a fucking giant fucking hog. It wouldn't matter to her, really, per se. It would have almost been equally as gross. It would have been equally as gross. It's not like she was going to enjoy it. She wasn't there to enjoy herself. But her testimony on this is basically the Stockholm Syndrome. I mean, she's not denying that she voluntarily had sex with him. She changed her number five times. I don't know what kind of sketchball does that (laughs) or has to do that. I've changed my number in 24 years. Me either. (laughs) Um, Although I should now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she gave it out to Epstein. Who knows? But... uh, she, she was in a relationship with him where she had sex with a disgusting man and he tried to get her things and I don't know anything about her, but she couldn't make that work. And now she's just claiming retroactively that she, since she regrets it, i.e. didn't get anything out of it really, that she was raped the whole time. Right. Even though she never left and continued to contact him. And uh, it's totally bullshit. I, I, she can't be their star witness. I mean, this is bad. For, they have... For the I, I've, I've always predicted... No, I was wrong on Amber Heard, but I've always predicted that Weinstein's going to get off. Now, here's a, it's an interesting case, because it's like it's almost like Dershowitz defending Trump. It's like, obviously, Harvey Weinstein is the most fucking despicable character on the planet. And obviously, he's a gross, fat pig who cajoled, paid, sort of semi-extorted whatever it was to be an old fat guy having sex with 20-year-old uh, attractive women whatever he did to do that. Yeah. And so he deserves like fist fucking massive punches to the face, right? Yes. But the legal the way the legal system works if you have good attorneys is they actually look at the, you know, I mean Dershowitz said this this week, you don't argue that you don't argue if you can't argue the facts, you argue the law, right? So the facts look bad for Weinstein, but the law seems to be on his side. Yeah. Which is that the fact is you have seven women or eight women now, the ones who didn't pay the ones who didn't take the 50 million dollar settlement are now coming forward to say like he basically pushed me you know into having sex with him his baby his baby penis uh, and it was wrong and I was essentially essentially raped but I don't think people are going to think essentially raped is rape when the jury gets the instructions and the, the, the attorneys tear it apart they're going to say like look you hate this guy he's a pig you probably want to punch him in the face but you can't convict him of a crime unless he meets the definition legal definition of the crime and I think he's going to get off I think he's going to get off. Yeah, I, I mean, if this, they're letting this woman testify, so it seems like this is some of the best stuff they got. I haven't been following it that closely, but it's one of those situations where, yes, he's disgusting. You also sucked his dick because you wanted to get in a movie. Yeah. He's more disgusting than you, but you're both wouldn't be allowed in my house. No. And they're bringing witness, they brought in, uh, fuck, who they bring in? Selma Blair, somebody like from the 90s who actually testified that he physically held her down, pinned her down, and, and forced himself on her sexually. Um, which would meet the definition of rape, um, but those aren't. That's not. That's not who he's being charged with. Those are like character. Like they can. They, the judge allowed them to bring some of these rape women in from the nineties, mm-hmm. but they're not. They can only provide character witness. Okay, he's a fucking horrible pig, 
but they're not the ones who are the charges are you know coming from. It's from these six or seven more recent women where he clearly seems to have paid them off. Yeah. Um, and, but although you know Cosby got Cosby got busted, I think because he drugged the women. It was clearly a tit for tat. He was paying all the women that he saw in his hotel room. Uh, he was paying for their colleges. He was paying for their rent. He was paying for all this other shit. He was giving them stuff. And Weinstein was giving him stuff as well. If you got a hairdresser job, you got a hairdresser job. That's quid pro quo, Matt. Mm. As we've learned this uh, last few weeks, not, Ill- not illegal. Well, it's <laughs> a mean, different conversation. I mean, amoral, horrible, maybe not presidential or studio chiefy, but maybe not, cri- maybe not technically criminal. And so I think he's going to get off, which to me makes it even funnier that I think the women know this. And so, like, let's just make penis jokes about it. Let's just make dick jokes in public about how he has a vagina dick. And, yeah. like, cause that's all we got. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's hard to give a fuck. Yeah, it's fine. Sure. Uh, but I think it should be mentioned that if this was Rosie O'Donnell being charged with systematically sexually harassing and uh, r- raping a bunch of women uh, or men or whatever it was, and someone came out and said, you know, her vagina is all beat up and she's really flabby, like her, her pussy was fat, had fat rolls on it. There would be an op-ed in the New York Times by some doctor of women's studies that said, just because Rosie O'Donnell is guilty, it is not okay to body shame and and shame all women. It would turn into all women. Yeah. And, and the, you know, with intimate detail. Because while I don't care, it's funny, it is cheap. It's definitely cheap because that has nothing to do with the case. Uh, well, I think they're describing his dick, I guess. I don't know if he's claiming he was never naked in front of them or not. Um, I just find it it's just <laughs> funny. That, like, I feel like the women are on the stand going, like, this isn't going well. Like, I'm never, this is never going to, he's never going to be a, uh, That's what I'm saying. And yeah, so they're just going, like, and his dick is fucking the vagina. He's <laughs> I thought it was a chick, you know, and looking at Harry Wise, yeah, like, I got you, like, in your fucking walker. Because, you know, a guy like Weinstein fucking hate that's got to kill him on the inside, right? Oh, yeah. He's like, he's like this fucking master sexual assaulter guy. And now some chick saying, I thought he had a vagina. His dick is so small. <laughs> like, it's got to, it's like, I'm thinking, like, that's what she, man or whatever is thinking, like, this is what I got. This is what but I got. I almost to- don't believe it. Not that I care. It just seems like something a jilted person would say, you know, it, if you had a bad breakup, it's the type of, just chick would just say you have a tiny dick just yeah. because she's trying to be as mean as possible. Yeah, that's eh, probably true. But still, still, it's kind of funny. I just, I found it like, I was thinking like, I always think the psychological thing of like, what is a woman thinking like, I'm not going to win this case. He's not going to jail. The minute he wins, he's going to throw the walker. Like, he's going to stand <laughs> up and throw the walker. You know, he's going to like have like this great, he's going to rip off this like shoddy suit he's wearing. He's wearing like fucking polo shirts or like these like Lacoste shirts. He looks like an old man in a retirement center. You know he's gonna stand upright. He's not a short guy. He's not that short. He's gonna he's gonna stand up upright and he's gonna throw the walker across the room and say, "Fuck yes, who wants to date me now, bitches?" <laughs> I'm wondering because I've been following this thing a little bit. If there's gonna be a Hollywood PizzaGate type of situation, because Weinstein was telling these impressionable wannabe actresses that this is how Gwyneth Paltrow got ahead. And Gwyneth Paltrow and Weinstein were pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that's just something because he's manipulative that he's saying to them. Because he also threw out Charlize Theron a lot. And we, I think I've heard stories about that one. Um, <clears throat> but could, could it be uncovered that um, he's kind of you know in cahoots with the real women of the Hollywood elite? Oh, interesting. I don't know if they are helping to pay off. They're definitely maybe not wanting to say too much because... 
of the J- Gwyneth Paltrow's and Charlize Theron's and uh, Anna, Amy, um, uh, <laughs> Amy. <laughs> the chick from the Star Wars movies, uh, Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, just trying to think. Yeah, fact, she was like five years old. Trying to think, it's a rich actress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Natalie Portman's so a couple of them probably blew him. So, yes. Uh, does that now them not speaking out about their having a part in this and how that shaped the culture of Hollywood? Are they kind of guilty as well? Oh, I, I, uh, well, they're not guilty of a crime, but yeah, I mean. When I was, Guilty of going along with it. I just watched, the other night I watched The, the Talented Mr. Ripley. Love that movie. Great movie. And uh, if you like gay serial killer movies. And uh, I was just thinking like, and that was, that was the movie in which he, it was a Miramax movie with Gwyneth Paltrow, Matt Damon, Jude Law. And I was thinking at least two of the three of those blue Harvey Weinstein. I would probably go with Jude Law only because Matt Damon was really hot at the time. Coming off all, all the, the films he did in the, with Affleck in the mid to late 90s. I think Jude Law would probably be backed up statistically because him and Ewan McGregor, who probably blow each other, uh, they both consistently would star in movies and get billing as like the new Jude Law movie. And they all lost money. Yeah. So and I, they just kept doing it as though... He didn't seem to have a lot of skills other than he was really handsome. He was very handsome as a, as a younger guy. And, uh, I mean, you know, very popular with the ladies. And I'm, he, he must have gone down to Weinstein. <laughs> and Gwyneth Paltrow, that was the movie which she claims that he put her in and then... Well, Shakespeare in Love, and then that one, where she got really famous. She was a top A-list actress at that time, and he put her. She was in all the Miramax movies, so that's when she claims that he sexually assaulted her in some way. That she told Matt Damon, who told Ben Affleck, because he was Ben Affleck was also dating her, um, and that none of them then did anything at that point because they all they owed their careers to him. Right. So that's when they all like, yeah, yeah, let's just not say anything. <laughs> What's he gonna do? Like rape fifty more women? Maybe <laughs> fucking baby penis. I don't know. I just I'm waiting for that moment when he fucking they say not guilty and it was like starts sobbing and then he throws the walker across the room and just stands upright. I just thought, all right, bitches, who's ready? Who's ready for something? And then Vince McMahon hires him <laughs> to do a character arc. <laughs> it would be awesome. You know, he had that. He never paid that fifty that fifty million in the settlement. He didn't, he didn't pay any of it. He didn't pay a single cent of it himself. It was like his company insurance policy right, paid right. it off. So he's. He's got all. He still got all his money, and all his cash. You know, like Cosby, I guess. Cosby's much older, but he's what's got, next? A porn, maybe I, a porn I, world. He says he wants to get back into. You know what? He says he wants to get back into producing films. If he he's got all that money and connections, if he sets up that fucking shingle, I bet the girls will start coming through the door right again. You'll probably forget about it pretty quick. I think so too. <laughs> Man, I want to talk about Joaquin Phoenix. I like. Do you see Joker? Yeah, I love Joker. I thought it was a great movie. I enjoyed it, and I thought he was really good in it, and he's a great actor and all stuff. But he just seems like the most insufferable motherfucker you could ever ever hang around if you had to. I don't know. I saw that documentary. I'm not there. Uh, well, it wasn't a documentary. That film. It was like a kind of where, where he kills everybody with a hammer. No, no, no. This is just him doing cocaine. And uh, oh, oh I see a different one because uh, there was a movie he did before Joker. It was called I Was Never Really Here. Oh. Where he plays like a Vietnam vet who just basically kills, he hunts down people that steal girls, like sex traffickers, and kills them with a hammer. It sounds And it's done in a very verite. It's a very disturbing film because he's really good at it. He's sort of like the Joker character in it. He's skinny, he's all mutilated from whatever, and he's just like, takes, you know, people hire him to find their, their missing teenage girls. 
and he finds where they are and just basically kills all the drug dealers, whoever's to, whoever has them, with a hammer. He's definitely one of the <laughs> I'm most... I'm not sure why, but he just I does. think him being American, if he had a fucking annoying British accent, you know, he'd be a lot higher up and considered one of the best actors of this generation. Well, consider how he looks and the, the cleft palate and the whole thing. Like, he's just not a, he's not a handsome guy. So he has to take these roles of like these off, you know, these alt roles. Uh, he did the one where he's in the wheelchair a couple of years ago, the Gus Van Zandt film. You know, he was the cartoonist. Made a point to not see that. Yeah, it was it was not very good. But again, he plays a guy who shits himself repeatedly in a wheelchair and is like balding and like does like comics and is like suicidal. I mean, it's Fuck, like that would have been a great date movie. I, I mean, there's actually scenes. There's scenes when he's like naked, being lifted into a tub to clean shit off his body and stuff. I mean, it's like. <laughs> But I'm like, what actor takes that role, right? Yeah. I mean, someone's got to do it. That's something that, like, you know, uh, uh, only the great actors would ever do. And even some of the great actors would never fucking do that, do that role, where they're fucking frail and naked and covered in shit. Some guy's scrubbing their body with a brush and shit. It's just like, you know, I give him credit for everything on screen I give him credit for. So he's at the the BAFTAs, fucking BAFTAs, which are the British Oscars, essentially. and uh, this is from Lola in email. Is there anything more spectacular than Joaquin Phoenix apologizing for being white awards tour? Uh, he did get a shout out from Viola Davis. Doesn't serve any purpose. So he was at the BAFTAs. So every, I think now every, so I don't know if you know this, Matt, but he's, he's sworn to wear the same tuxedo to every award show to help save the planet. I heard that. Yes. So great guy, obviously. And, uh, but he's still traveling around the world accepting, <laughs> accepting awards. There's no doubt about that. Staying in the Ritz and all the others. I think he's just trolling. I don't. I think he believes it. So he's done in the, during the awards. He's done it. He got arrested in Washington D.C. with the climate change thing. Then he did the pigs thing, where he was talking to the pigs, consoling the pigs on their way to the slaughterhouse. Oh, that's right. And now he's doing a, a thing, apologizing for white people winning, being not only only white actors being nominated for these roles. And he spent his whole BAFTA speech talking about how uh, there's a conspiracy, systematic racism in Hollywood. There's a conspiracy among white people, and even he doesn't deserve. He shouldn't be there because. These awards should be going much more to people of color. They should be accepting more people of color. It was all five white guys got nominated. And does that serve any? Is there any positive purpose? Is there anything positive that comes out of that situation? I mean, he looks like. So I said he got a he got a shout out from Viola Davis, like how proud she was of him for doing that. Okay, so a black actress comes out and says, "It's great that you said that like white people shouldn't be winning awards and you don't deserve this award and you're privileged as well." Like he still took the fucking award. He still took the movie role. He still took the money. I'm going to start calling these people out. Like, wait, 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 buddy. Yes. <laughs> Spit in this cup. So I'm actually probably pretty white. I do have a, a great grandmother who's Native American. But I was going to say, like, uh, see what this says? Wait, are you like Elizabeth Warren? Uh, yeah, except I never told people I was Native American. Are you 1708th uh, Cherokee? No, I'm 164th Choctaw. Are you? Yeah. Oh, you should be a. Harvard. I'm sorry, one sixteenth Choctaw. Much, much more than. Elizabeth yeah, you should Warren. be. Why aren't you not teaching law at Harvard? Well, if you're one eighth, <laughs> you get certain benefits. After that, it's. Oh really? You don't get. You don't get any of the casino money. No. <laughs> you get. You get drink coupons. Anything. I get nothing. If I had black hair, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to follow these guys around and say, since when? I mean, just to fuck with them. I obviously could care less about this, and I'm sure the alt right would jump on it and miss the entire point. But like, what does this say? 28% Lebanese. Where do you get off calling yourself white? I well, mean, oh, Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah, just any well, of these anybody. people. Well, everyone's got it. The whole it. point is to, is to be a sub, is to like, just like, you know, like prostate Isn't yourself. identifying as white a privilege? Well, 
first of all, he's made it level a few charges. One, systemic racism in Hollywood. I don't, I'm sure there's racists in Hollywood, and I'm sure that people, but we all, we've been around Hollywood long enough, though. The only thing people care about in Hollywood is money, right? If uh, uh, Idris Elba is going to make your movie more money, it's going to be fucking Idris Elba. If it's going to be, I mean, people are spending $200 million on these films. If it's Joaquin Phoenix, by the way, it's Joaquin Phoenix for the role. Uh, no, it doesn't seem to be a dearth of black actors, <clears throat> Denzel and you know, a bunch of five or six other black actors who are in millions of movies, good movies, and get nominated all the time for awards. So I just think this year, there just weren't many black roles for black actors that they took. And, I mean, Will Smith made a shit ton of really bad movies uh, and got paid a ton of money for them. And he was good in some of them, too. And he got nominated, too. So I don't think there's, like... There's only, like, 15 actors who take all the roles. And at some point, there'll be 12 white guys and three black guys or... There's never a Hispanic guy, let's face it, or a Chinese guy. But at some point, there'll be eight white guys and seven black guys, and the blacks are overrepresented. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any, I don't see any indication that people, other than how it plays financially, uh, and maybe because more, there's more, there's more like film money in China and Asia now, maybe they're pulling back on black lead roles a little bit. I don't know if there's even any indication of that. But just you throw it out that it's like systemic racism in Hollywood, like, okay, well, prove it, dude. I mean, what? Like, you yeah. say that, you say that, but I mean, systemic racism is different than saying like, "I once met a racist guy in Hollywood." Uh, this isn't like Southern, this isn't like Alabama, like at the at the plant in Alabama where you like go, "Oh yeah," it's like they're not hiring black people. Like, "Oh yeah," I bet that's probably true. This is fucking Hollywood. Like, there's no like it seems KKK meeting going on after hours where people are like going, "How do we keep black people out of the movies?" Yeah, it's it's actually. Probably the other way around. I mean, for example, uh, James Cameron's ex-wife, probably not how she wants to be known. Uh, I can't remember her name, but the, she made a movie called Detroit a few years ago. And yes. It was about the civil rights abuses during a race riot in Detroit. Or I watched um, Moonlight, and <clears throat> I actually thought it was a good movie. But it's not a, a movie with a lot of uh, potential for commercial success. And, I, you know, there was the movie about the uh, gunfight in Oakland. On the tr- There's, like, a lot of black-centric movies yeah. that people watch, but they're not cash cows by any means. And you could, you know, extrapolate that on down. Well, they have, they have been black. There are, like, five or six prominent black actors the last 20 years who started major motion pictures, made a ton of money, right? I mean, they're talking about Idris Elba's being the next Bond. He's a hot guy. He's a hot guy. I mean... The fucking music industry is dominated by black males on the, on the men's side. Um, sports and entertainment seems to be the place where black actors, and probably actresses to a lesser degree, I'll admit that, for sure, are because they just don't sell as well, uh, are equally or overly represented. Um, I mean, this seems like the one, Hollywood seems to be the one place where you don't cry about racism, you don't cry about systemic racism, because there's really no, there's no evidence of it. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm and so for, for him to go up there and say, like, apologizing. And so remember that, I don't know if you read that story we covered a few weeks ago. There was that guy, department chair. He was up for a promotion at one of the universities or something like that. And he said he didn't want to take it. He wanted to go to a person of color. Um, and he was going to turn down the promotion to be the department chair because he's saying he's putting his money where his mouth is on diversity. I'm like, eh, well, at least you're putting some skin in the game. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix has no skin in the game. He's not turning down role. He's not saying... No, Joker could be easily be an Asian guy. Why can't it be an Asian actor? Why can't it be a Hispanic actor? Why can't it be a black actor? I'm not taking this role. Give it to give it to someone who's more deserve, you know, equally deserving, but a person of color. They're not doing. He's not doing that. 
No, and I don't think it would have worked as well in that particular movie if it was a minority. No, uh, it, was a, it was a common on white. It could have been poor white people. Yeah, it, I suppose it could have been done. But so then they made his girlfriend Afro Cuban or something. I don't New know. York, New York black. Yeah, New York black. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's well. This is just a guy that lives in a Hollywood bubble of cocaine parties and goes around like because L.A. The entertainment industry, like you said, is overrepresented with, let's just say, black people. Um, yeah, and, I, and by the way, I don't think I don't think it's the same for Latino, or certainly not for Asian. But for it seems to be an area where black people have uh, are equally or overly represented. Yeah, and because I mean, I still think it's more diverse than. Look, you live in L.A. This is a very diverse city, obviously, but. I mean, these movies are not being made for people in L.A. That's not where the budget is. That's not where they make the money. So if you want to walk around... Like, if I went on Bumble right now, it would be, you know, 30%... It would be 20% white chicks. It would be a lot of Asians and, and uh, Latinos and black chicks. <clears throat> and that's because we're in L.A. But, frankly, there is this whole other part of the country. I'm not saying that they're necessarily racist. It's just 70% of the country that sees nothing wrong with watching a guy that looks like them in a role. Yeah, and I, 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 think, I think people are accepting it. I mean, like I said, Will Smith, Denzel Washington, there's a bunch of others in the last 20 years who have been in like a major motion picture every single year or two every year. There was a time when Denzel was like in every single movie, right? He was winning all the awards. He was in, I mean, talk about big, big budget pictures and Will Smith for sure and other, and, and other black actors, less so again, probably female black, female actresses, black actresses. Um, but it just you know these people, all they care about is money. That's all they care about. And if they're going to err on anything, they're err inside of diversity in a smaller film. But for right. these big budget films, all they care about is fucking running the numbers through the fucking algorithm. Which of these actors are going to make us the most money? There was a time like when I was working in comedy, it was like Adam Sandler had to be in your fucking movie to get the movie made, not because Adam Sandler's a good actor and not because he's white. But because he was just he was tracking really well mark in the marketing department their fucking computer program that if you're gonna make a dumb comedy it has to be Adam Sandler and then it became Kevin Hart by the way and then it became somebody else and now it's right. The Rock and now it's somebody else they just fucking these are just pawn pieces to the people who are making money no you know no trouble with that I don't have a problem with that if it was the fucking Indian dude or if it was a whatever uh, come on what's his name he's getting tons of roles now because he's tracking really popularly. Um, do you see, by the way, how ripped he, how ripped he got? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. He was like, like I, thought when I, I thought when they said it, they were like, kind of like, oh, he got in a little bit of shape. He looks like fucking roided, like Roy. <laughs> He's just fucking ripped. He looks like ripped. I mean, if you want to do a cycle of aggressive steroids that takes you from pudgy <laughs> yes. to incredibly jacked and just slightly jeopardizes your pituitary gland. Yes. You should probably mention that in the interviews. Yeah, and you know, by the way, a guy's running out because he's always t photographing himself topless. Right. Like, he doesn't seem like a guy who, like, two years ago would ever be photographed topless. But now he's not, he's not just proud. He's fucking steroid proud. He's, like, fucking gym, gym rat proud. He's like, I got two months of this, and yes. it's back to the American flag body. So I'm just... <laughs> I don't blame him. I'd ride with it, too. I don't blame him either. I want actors... I want Joaquin Phoenix to fucking just say, I'm shutting down every role I got I'm going to give to someone, uh, you know, a person of color. I'm not taking work for a little while. Uh, it just... There's no way to win... That. There's no way to... I don't think, outside of, like, a Viola Davis shout-out, I don't think there's a way to make yourself look cool doing that, which is, like, winning the award, accepting the award in the tuxedo, 
you know, at the fucking Ritz in London, whatever, and then saying how you don't deserve to be, you shouldn't really be there. I don't think he should be allowed to go. No. <laughs> if that's what he's going to do. Yeah, it's also, by the way, yes, very disrespectful for the voters who say, let's say he was, he was amazing in Joker, and I hope he wins Best Actor uh, at the Oscars. But you're, like, you're telling them, like, you thought I was the best actor, but you're all wrong because you're all fucking racist. You right. should have nominated a black actor or a Hispanic actor instead of me. So, like, I'm here because I got to be here because I'm, I'm, you, you voted for me, but you guys are all racists. Yeah, and he's not rescinding the award. And no. I seriously doubt he did any, like, uh, <laughs> counterintelligence missions to really dissuade himself from getting the award. I don't think he put it out there like, you know what, I shouldn't... No. I don't, I don't want this award. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kevin Hart was way better in that new holiday movie. Like, I don't know what he's supposed to do, but, like, I ser- <laughs> I don't think he, like, had a problem with it until he got the award. It's just not... Here's the thing I learned about the Oscars or, or award stuff. Like, so Greta Gerwig, they keep saying... Every article about her is how she was snubbed for Best Director. If a, if a male... If it, there, you know, say there's 20 other really good movies last year that didn't get nominated for Best Director, great directors. Uh, if it's a male... There's no mention of snub. If it's a female, she she was snubbed. Mm-hmm. Like the male director who came in sixth place, who didn't get nominated because only nominated five or seventh place after he wasn't snubbed. But if you're a woman, you're snubbed. They just say it de facto. Like she was snubbed. Like we all agree she was snubbed, right? That like like I'm like no, I don't agree that you could just use the word snubbed. Snubbed implied that she should have been in the top five. Yeah, and she was denied that for some reason we can can't talk about. No, it's not enough that women now get every job in Hollywood, yes, but okay. now when they're not the best at that job, it's still discrimination. Yes. I mean, how deep does this discrimination bar well, go? So, say she came in sixth place in voting, and some guy came in seventh place. She snubbed. He just didn't make it. <laughs> like, it's like, what? Like, what? Like, no, he snubbed the lady underneath them. Yes. The only way to make this fair is all women at the top, men at the bottom. I don't I mean, look, if they nominated 20 directors and she didn't get it, maybe, but they only nominated five. They all really had great movies and really good directors. And yeah, I don't know. I, I fucking, you know what this comes down to? I hate Hollywood people. They're all, even when they're trying to be like very self-flagellating and selfless, the narcissism comes through. It yeah. all ends up being, it all ends up being about them regardless. Did you watch the Super Bowl yesterday when my Niners, my Niners lost? God, I thought we had that. I really thought we, when we were up 2010, Defense looked great. I knew Mahomes was going to score. It was not, they were not going to finish 10 points. They haven't finished in 10 points since Mahomes has been there. Um, I knew they were going to get mid-20s. All the Niners had to do was score one more touchdown. But they went, like, run out the clock mode way too early. And, you know, the, the KC defense didn't give them a lot. So I'll give them that. It wasn't like they could have scored easily. But I felt like they could have pushed a little harder. You knew they had to score another touchdown. You got to go for it on that fourth and two. You got to go for it, and you got to like you know. I don't know. I just felt like it was a inexper- I would say inexperience of Shanahan showed through there, whereas Andy Reid was a little more seemed a little more whatever it was. It was a close game either way. It was it could have gone either way. The Niners were up. Uh, KC looked good in the beginning. The Niners took over the defense. I'm still getting over it, as you can tell. I I'm past the point though of like saying we when I refer to my sports teams <laughs> because I'm like. I'm too old for that now, I think. You know, it wasn't like I had a long season where I suffered through lots of injuries and played through the pain a lot watching the games. I get, I get, to, I get the separation between myself and the players. Like, they get to cry because they, like, you know, played on broken legs and torn pectoral muscles. Yeah. And they're, for, and they're forever permanently damaged in their lives. So they get to cry, but I don't get to cry anymore as a, as a fan. Well, my fantasy is still because, <clears throat> like, I never played professional sports. So that, I, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, that's what was great about that movie, Necessary Roughness, though, because in theory, it's just the mileage 
that's the problem, you know. So I could maybe step into a season now, and uh, since I don't have all that mileage, just kind of compete with like these nineteen-year-old guys. Yes, but I would only like to do that for one season and kind of be slightly hobbled, like the grizzled vet. But it's my rookie year, uh-huh. and then just hang it up and, and kind of like get my jersey. You'd be that Kevin Costner. My character. fantasies are like adjusting the older I get yes. into like really pathetic stuff. I've learned to divorce. I learned to separate myself from the actual players and not use the word "we" any longer. When I refer to my my sports teams that I follow, do you wear a jersey? With, I don't wear a jersey. And I, if you did, would it have a player's name on it that's not you or your name? No, I wouldn't do that. And I don't say I don't say we. I, I, when I was, I, certainly, when I was younger, I did this, and I felt like more like I was part of the team. But now I realize, you know, after seeing these guys with fucking cast and the guys who retired, they're all fucking dying at fifty. That's sort of like it's very sort of akin to saying you were in the military. <laughs> like you know, we uh, we killed, we really killed the Iraqis there. Like we really took uh, it to the Iraqis and and Al Rock Ramadi or whatever. I'm like, yeah, we like nah, I didn't really do much myself. It's a good point. I never considered that. I mean, I'm looking at these guys. They all play. I mean, they all yeah, they're all rich now, but they fucking play a brutal sport where not only are they damaged at the moment, they're permanently damaged, mm-hmm. and I think they all know it. So they're they're like military in a way that they know that they're giving up their life, a piece of their life. Is that why football players uh, appear to openly hate all the fans of football? I think so. Because I kind of get it. I don't think I get it. I don't think I get it. I mean, they're warriors. They're warriors. I mean, the fucking injuries these players get in their 20s is just fucking horrific. Yeah. I mean, there aren't many guys who are like whose biceps are coming off their arms when they're 24 years old. Or who's like, like Alex ham- Smith almost died. Yes. From yeah, sepsis. Yes. Because his bone went through his skin. There aren't many guys getting like tearing their ACLs That's and MCLs. The easy position. If you're in marketing, you're not tearing your ACL, MCL, and being the cast for a year generally. No. Like, unless you're skiing, okay? Unless you're doing some rich kid sport, there's just not many chances where you're going to have like a compound complex fracture of your leg where your bone's sticking through your ankle. Yeah. Unless you're playing a, contact, a heavy contact sport. And then, even if you did, because I've never been injured at all, but oh, God, what? God, that would suck. But uh, then imagine that. And then you gain like eight pounds while you couldn't walk for. Six months and someone's like talking shit about you. Yes, and then you. By the way, fucker. And also, by the way, your career may be over at that point. Yeah. So if you're in marketing, you break your leg. You get to go back to marketing, but there's a chance like if you break your leg in football outside of the short guaranteed part of the contract, it's kind of perverse in the fact that football is the least guaranteed money. And if you're in marketing. Before you lose your job, you probably didn't have brain damage from years of doing marketing and spent all your marketing money on one truck. No. And you probably won't be drooling, have a drool cup when you're 45 years old and, and taking a, a really actually need opioid abuse to keep yourself going and get it up every day. Yeah. So I get that part. So I'm a part of that. But I want to talk about the halftime show because um, we got an email about this. And it's like, so everything is talking about, I, I don't know if you saw Shakira and J-Lo. I did. I watched the whole thing. And I, I kind of admire the fact that they are in great shape at their age. That part aside, and they're both attractive, uh, tiny, tiny women. I don't care about the four-year age part. Either your ass looks good or not. Well, I mean, if you're 50, you got a nice ass. That's something commendable. Well, what, what are we patting you on the back here? You're, sh- you're well, an say, ass model. Let's say this: if you're 19 in Hollywood, if you're 19 in Hollywood at the fucking gym, you have a nice ass. That's 80 percent of them, right? 90 percent of them. Yeah. You don't see a lot of 50-year-olds with nice asses. So there's something to be said for that. Well, I'm not like getting a boner like, over a chick's like, ass, and I'm like, well, you know, for the numbers, well, like, you know, I admire because of my, money ball because of my age. I admire, when Tom Brady plays a game and he's real and he's 43 or 44. I kind of go, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like you know, especially not since he's not roided out. Like it's not like Roger Clemens who was 44, Barry Bonds, and like just fucking full of HGH and just fucking put on 40 pounds of muscle to compete at 43. If Tom Brady's like taking a fucking hit. 
and getting back up and throwing the ball downfield in a perfect pass. I'm like, oh, it's 43 years old. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Mahomes getting up at 23 or 24. I'm like, I was even saying during the game yesterday, you can't stop that. He's like fucking in the prime of his athletic career. Right. You're trying to arm tackle him. He's like, no, he's not, you're not arm tackling me, dude. I'm like fucking so strong right now in my life. Like, but it's still a meritocracy. I mean, Brady can't really throw anymore. No. But yeah, like, I think you got to admire him for being. When you get older, I'll tell you what, you'll admire J-Lo's, J-Lo's 60. I just think it's a meritocracy. I just think, you know. The fact you can do that for 30 years or 35 years is like. Have a nice ass? It's yeah. not as impressive as Brady. Well, she's a good dancer, too, man. Like, come on. I don't, oh, I don't think about dancing. Okay. She puts on, people love her. She puts on a show. She's extremely popular. She can't sing. She's made a career at singing for 30 years. She, she can't came sing. out in two ridiculous-looking suits. Yes. Uh, she was on a flagpole at one point. I think it's a stripper pole. But they yeah. could have been. I was thinking, you know, they could have just got another person that looked like J-Lo oh, to yeah. do this. Yeah, they totally could have. If it was a movie, it would have been a stunt double. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. So it was universally recognized that this was a moment for female, not only Latina or Latinx, Latinx, whatever how you pronounce it, the LA Times keeps using now. I thought it was Latina. No, no, they're not using Latina anymore. They're using Latinx, Latin, what? L-A-T... Dude, where have you Fuck been? Them. The, LA, uh, the AP style guy is changing with the LA Times to no longer refer to Latino because it's sexist, and Latino doesn't work either because you might be talking about a guy, so they use Latinx is a new thing they use. And by the way, they polled Hispanics about this, and 2% of them were in, fa- 2% of them were in favor of the, the name change. Yeah. So it's a bunch of white people really feeling like they were being sexist towards the Hispanics. So they came with this Latinx thing. Trying to tell his Latinos how to talk about themselves and refer to themselves. Because yeah, that's progressive. Somebody actually, uh, God, I saw a guy, it was on Twitter today, I think he's uh, Saudi or Iranian, came from the Middle East. But he's saying how like, you know, the Spanish language is, is gender-based. The language is gender-based. So different nouns of female and male. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, well, here in the Middle East, we don't have a problem. Like there's no, there's a gen- all the language is gender neutral. And you know how, how progressive we are with women. <laughs> so it's really working well here. It's really working well here. So having, those, having that gender, gender-free language really has helped women a lot here when they're being beaten, when they're being beaten in the street. Yeah. Uh, not to be referred to by a, a, you know, by a male, by a male, uh, uh, whatever it is. So, so, so the show is like routinely is female empowerment. But I was thinking was like, I don't know, it's just, it's just chicks dancing in little outfits on stripper poles and like doing yeah, tongue-wagging. How is it female empowerment? Just because Jayla's in her forties? I think just because two power like Lady Gaga wrote like two powerful women showing you know the world that they own the place or whatever like oh like crazy sexy powerful women like and then was like yeah yeah and like and the Onion actually did a piece about I don't know if it's new for this or just an old one that I saw posted again where like. Anything a woman does is empowering. Like women, de- women declare anything we do is now empowering. And so well, said, that's like, exactly what it is. It had a woman ordering lunch, and she's like, "Oh, Betsy, you're so empowered." <laughs> like, like it's like anything women do is now empowered. I mean, this used to be, and I'm not uh, very, a very liberal, progressive guy when it comes to sexuality and fucking strippers and Vegas shows and half naked dancers. But is that really is that really empowering? I mean, I guess they couldn't come out at halftime and do like STEM. <laughs> it's like a STEM, a STEM session where the women were t- doing like taking exams on like AP, AP bio. I mean, but in a sense, that's more empowering than showing you can dance on a stripper pole. I don't understand what could be. They, they took the gig. I don't see what could be considered empowering about it. I f- frankly found it to be uh, pretty embarrassing from the entertainment value. If anything, not empowering because I just I wouldn't have been very proud of the. I mean, Shakira was doing 
oh, by the way, a, a fairly culturally insensitive Jamaican snake charming routine <laughs> with a rubber snake. Well, that she was is Lebanese Colombia, Mac. Lame. Yeah. She pretended to play guitar for eight seconds, which was lame and culturally insensitive to the Spanish who invented the guitar. I don't know. I'm just riffing. Um, it, it was a it was a cheap ass. It was a Vegas show. Okay, it was like a Vegas dance number that people I don't understand why people go to Vegas and see that shit, but they do. If for women love that stuff, guys would just go to the real strip clubs and see real strippers. They're shaking their ass. It's, I mean, I, just, I don't get how it's empowering. It's if it was the Rolling Stones, would it be empowering to the country of England, or would it would it, would they be sticking up for the Brexit? Like, no, they were just doing what they've been doing this whole time, and they got paid a half million dollars. And to then do there's it. A, there was a Latina thing, Latina Latinx, whatever fuck. And uh, and Demi Lovato is half Mexican American, half Mexican. Uh, saying that, all I was thinking to myself was like, this is Hispanic. The theme is Hispanic. I don't know a single Hispanic football player. I just don't know a single Hispanic person in the NFL. Like there's like there's a thousand NFL players, and I cannot think of one fucking Hispanic. I'm sure there's Hispanic people who like to watch NFL. I just couldn't think of one. But when you compare it to, to certainly to, to soccer. But even to basketball or Dodger baseball or whatever else around here, which are heavily Hispanic followed, mm-hmm. I can't really think of any Hispanic football players. Like I just don't think culturally Latin America really is into American <laughs> into American football at all. Uh, I've seen them be pretty into like the Cowboys and the Raiders. Can you name but... a, Can you name a, a, a Hispanic football player? I think the quarterback of the Jets had a Hispanic name, but Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> I don't know. If he's... I think it's from Pasadena. <laughs> uh, it would have been more empowering to women if they came out in parkas and bunny boots and didn't remove them. That would have been more empowering. I mean, it, that's like so. It's empowering just to be a sexual object. Well, um, I mean, look, they put on a good show. People like the women. Uh, women liked it. I mean, you didn't, it wasn't meant for you, dude. The halftime shows are meant for objectively, women. Objectively, did they put on a good show? There were a lot of props and backup dancers. I don't. I don't think they did a bad. They do polls. Job. After, they they do, shook their butts around. They do polls and the, they lip synced. I assume ninety percent of people who actually care to watch it are women because the guys are all fucking drunk and take dumps and all that kind of crap at halftime. I mean, I don't. I don't think I've seen a halftime show of the NFL, uh, Super Bowl for a long time. I watched the entire thing. They, of course, you did. <laughs> it's just like I mean, it, it takes. I, I don't know. I'm watching football, and this year, of course, I was as a Niner fan. I was intensely into the game. Then it stops, and all of a sudden, there's like a fake Vegas review, like dance number, like at the Gram, like at the Grammys or the American Music Awards. There's like all these fake fans screaming. There's like 80 backup dancers, and it's supposed to symbolize immigration or open borders or some shit like that. They have some sort of understanding. They all have some inner understanding, inside understanding of what it actually means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is like... And some people are like, oh, this is what Trump's trying to stop. I'm like, yeah, he just wants to stop J-Lo and secure him dancing. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then it's like it becomes this big thing. And then, then I'm like, okay, when does football come back? <laughs> like, when is like, it's 10-10. It's halftime. It's a Super Bowl. It's the biggest sporting event of the year. When does the, when does the, when does the real stuff come back? Like, why am I watching this? fireworks and like dance stuff. it has nothing to do with the event itself no it so the, yeah so they did a dumb thing not that badly okay congratulations uh like i think a lot of women that are fans of this are like they they don't care about the music or even the J- lips the lip sync jayla's songs which yeah. are pretty generic and not but they're like i think it's great that she got this gig 
And like when I'm like watching something I like, like Neil Young and Crazy Horse, or you know Doug Stanhope, someone who's art i enjoy i'm not like i'm real psyched he's cashing a check you know i'm just i'm just like i just want to see what he's doing you don't feel empowered when they perform no because it's not it's like you're like dude stand up you're so empowered like it's just like it's your job right it's a job yeah it's like i don't feel like i felt the same way about kobe i mean I felt he's a good player he's playing getting paid 18 million or 28 million and he's playing and like that's cool i don't expect you to do anything more but i'm not gonna say you're a hero i'm not gonna say you're a hero to me for doing your job, which, by the way, you're getting paid a fortune, and you wouldn't have it if you weren't born hot-looking. So, I mean, if being hot is part of your job description, right off the bat, I'm probably not going to res- like really go out of my way to respect your <laughs> respect your profession. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, if, you know, if J-Lo looked like an ugly mess, she wouldn't be dancing out there at the halftime show. So well, That's why when I was talking shit about this at the Super Bowl, uh, I quickly realized... Not not a great idea. People get real mad. Women get mad at you because they're like, "Well, she still looks great." And I'm like, "Yeah, um, what do you want? You don't? I don't know what you want me to say about this." I always like, do that. You know, I do. They like that. It was like it's just sort of like Joaquin Phoenix like apologizing for being white and, and getting the best the BAFTA award, right? I always do the uh, I call it the Gabori Sidibe test. Mm. Remember her from Precious? Yes, obese African American woman, obese. like. It would be empowering if she did this. Right. Like, it would be empowering if she did this. So we're going to pretend that, like, a person who is, no offense to a good boy, not fit and not attractive, if she can get this role, like, when she, when she gets a role in the movies, I'm like, okay, you know she's getting it because she's talented, right? Mm. She's not getting it because she's hot or she's attractive or Harvey Weinstein wants to have sex with her. So I'm always like, that's empowering. If, like, an ugly woman can get a job in a, or an ugly man, even Joaquin Phoenix... Uh, if you can get a job as a leading role in a movie, I'm like, that's fucking empowering. That tells everybody, like, you can look like me, and you can, like, you know, I even get that Lizzo stuff, the, the, the obese woman. Like, even that, it's like, sort of like, I can be an obese woman and still sing songs about sex and sell records. Right. I'm like, that, in a, in a way, that's empowering to all the fat women in the country. But, like, how many women look like J-Lo or Shakira? Eh, not many. And so it's sort of like, we're there because we're hot, and, you know, we have nice bodies, and if we didn't have this, we would not be up here. Yeah, it's more just an ode to exercise and dieting. And being sexual and looking attractive. And I'm for all that stuff. I just don't want my, all my real complaint. I don't want my Super Bowl. I want dogs catching Frisbees. What did we decide before the show? Dogs catching Frisbees. Always a hit. Contortionist. Contortionist. Uh, uh, Asian people doing crazy gymnastic shit. Anything Russian. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Anything Russian is good. Yeah. Um, peewee, peewee ball where the, the eight-year-olds like knock each other around. And the, the half-court shot. For a lot, yeah. for a legitimate, a new car or something. Although I would like it to be more involved, maybe hit seven out of ten free throws. You know, there is a way to make that more exciting than just the one shot. They even ruined the the whole uh, Dr Pepper thing at the, during the college games when they had the little the girls like throwing underhand into the into the tra- into the Pepsi can to win the money. Yeah, and even that got ruined. Even that they're not because it used to be. I don't know if you're old enough to remember the punt, pass, and kick competitions. Mm-hmm. But like the 12-year-olds would go out there. They could, it was how far can you punt, how far can you pass, and how far can you kick a field goal or some shit. And whoever did the greatest distance on all of them like won. And that was great. It was like just pure, like 12-year-olds just fucking trying their, their ass off to like win these awards. Yeah. It was football-related. It made kind of sense. You're rooting for little kids or peewee ball. But I, I can, it should be. See, like 20 years ago, something really unfortunate happened. The Guinness Book of world records had to stop giving um 
record credit to people when it involved drinking because um, people <laughs> that, were dying. That w- Oh, okay. I got it. Um, I thought you were going to say just as a general principle that you lost your chance to win a Guinness Award. <laughs> <laughs> like all 17 possibilities just went away for you. Yeah. No, because they used to have like, you know, most, most beers chugged. Oh, that's it. funny. And so... That people so, were dying. They're like, yeah, this is not a good... Most, most meth injected yeah like stuff fentanyl records well that would just be depressing but yeah. something football related where you have a guy beer bong five yes. beers then spin him around yeah and then he has to go pin the tail on, on yes a, hook maybe a bunny tail on a chick's butt and i would then watch he falls over yeah and he pukes and his buddies come out like that's that's fun that's something that i would really enjoy do you ever do like the drunken or celebrity uh, boxing match the drunken track things i forget what i do once oh the beer mile yeah the beer mile i did that that would be great yeah like around the football field yeah yeah that would be great that'd be awesome anything you could see will will ferrell doing that would be funny i would totally watch you could even get will ferrell out yes and pay him what you paid j-lo yes less (laughs) yes and uh (laughs) i like when the fucking the the, my favorite seventh inning stretch thing is when the uh is in milwaukee all the different sausages you guys race and they knock each other over and who's gonna win (laughs) oh i haven't seen that sounds awesome love that and then the guy goes down to falls down to the beer giant beer cup or whatever they're playing to their that's what when I see that, I go like, "That's so stupid," but that's exactly what people want. Yeah, that's exactly what dudes at the baseball park want to see is like sauce, people in sausage costumes and a guy taking a slide into a giant beer. <laughs> like anything, that's what, that's what they want. I would rather watch, although Shakira's ass was was on point with the with the butt shaking, but I could see that anywhere. I'd rather watch two guys with the novelty sized gloves fight each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or the sumo, the blow up sumo outfits. Yeah. Or, or dwarf tossing. We did dwarf tossing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's been not a, not illegal in the state of Washington anymore. But it's just, it's so stupid. The whole thing is like I, I it just it's not football. I don't care. I know it's for women, and they pump it up on all the women's channels, and it's Shakira and J Lo and eighty hundred million Instagram followers, or whatever. It's all to make women watch the Super Bowl because you can see a lot of the commercials were for women, mm-hmm. and obviously it's, it's it's football. They don't usually run those commercials during regular football games. They don't have empowering female. They don't have Ellen DeGeneres commercials necessarily during regular football games. Right. Because guys don't want to see Ellen and Portia doing cute lesbian couple things. So clearly, they're playing to a big female audience. I get that. Just make it fucking go. Just make it go. Matt, I want to end today on uh, Meghan Markle. You're a big royal follower. I know you're. Uh, there's probably some 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 gay name for that because um, as far as I can tell, only gay men in the United States care. In terms of males, only gay men care about the royals. Royal watcher. I don't really. Do you, could you conceive of a straight male in America being interested in the royals? No, no, but I can't really. I guess I can conceive of a gay man doing it. It still seems quite strange to well, me. Well, because of all the pomp and circumstance and drama and the, the thing, the gossip and the occasions and the dress up and who's got married and you know all that stuff there's a lot of fashion stuff there's a lot of i'm just making up shit gay people might like i don't know <laughs> it's just but the ugly angry mother-in-law the whole like the whole fucking soap opera around it um so megan markle here's what i think so she she married prince harry she was on the suits on the usa show suits she's divorced she's divorced i mean i give that's how she had a name before she married him yeah she, she was on was, suits she was an actress but her, she was on suits for like six years okay as like a, a the the hot half black attorney is it a good show i've never seen it. i've only seen clips from it where she's like in seems to be wearing form-fitting clothing as an attorney okay. she's like every other attorney show she's a hot female attorney like who's vaguely 35 years old 
and <laughs> and just you know dresses like you'll never see an attorney dress like actually in a, in a courtroom. Doesn't abide by the normal rules of law. <laughs> no, not necessarily. Even uh, for someone with a passing familiarity. But for uh, for as a, as a half black attorney, she fit the bill perfectly for the casting. Um, so she, but here's the thing about women in this story is really to me about women in Hollywood and what drives women to become f- famous and ho- try to become famous in Hollywood. So now she she marries Harry. She does a royal thing. She talks about how she's being attacked. Ra- drops, you know, the, it might be racist. That they're gossiping about her. All the shit that goes on for the royals for the last eight thousand years or whatever they've been covering the tabloids forever. And she's we got to get out. And she's gonna, she's gonna, Harry and her have to go ask grandma for permission to leave the country or to drop the royal duties. And what's she doing? She's going back to Hollywood to get deals with Netflix and Disney. And she's locking down some reality show in Canada first. You think it was like a smash and grab job? I think that no matter, and she, actually, she married a rich guy in England <laughs> who lives in fucking castles, right? So usually when a woman does that, and by the way, that was also seen as female empowering to quit your job and go marry a, a vague prince, a rich prince over in England and live in a castle with the vague duties and jobs mm. of looking of wearing nice hats to the derby. I or think the, the, the whole fake lawyering is more <laughs> uh, empowering than I that. I think so too. But of course, it was seen as like, oh, she's impressive because she's American and she's going to take on the British royal establishment. So this is really empowering, even though she has to like wear a, a pantsuit every day and show up to fucking galas and derbies. And fucking it just shows that your average person who's very uninspired, uh, aspires to be an asshole. Well, That's their ultimate goal in life. I think, I think for the longest time, being a princess, being the Cinderella story, the literal Cinderella story of being like, you know, a, a, not that she's attractive, but a plain Jane who then becomes a royal princess, that's been the stuff of fairy tales forever. But that was not enough for her. <laughs> and I think it's because once you get stuck in your head, you're going to be big in Hollywood, and you're an actress, that's what you want more than anything. Right. And so I think she used this and she's now turned around. Now she's like leaving as a as a part as a, a, a second tier cast member of a USA show, and she's coming back with a fucking Netflix deal, a Disney deal, a fucking reality show deal. She's fucking in three years jacked up her career like and busy. a lot of moving expenses from the British taxpayers. Oh, all that shit. But I think all she cares about is to be. Uh, I think she wants to be a TV and movie star. I mean, that's like what's on her mind. That was never, as far as I can tell, never left her mind. We her won't role. know. Unless they get divorced. Because I had assumed yeah. for him, they must have really been in love with each other because, you know, he could marry any whore um, in, in Britain. But, you know, he chose to do something that he knew would have some backlash with yes. her being half black. And he's, a, he's, um, a rebellious, he's the rebellious son. Yeah. So, and he's probably fucked a lot. And so I, I, I assume that he didn't dive into this haphazardly and she i don't it's hard to know her motives but i would think that if she was transparently out for him he's probably really aware of that at you this think point so? you think so i mean it's how would you not be at this point i don't know she I just mean, didn't care she's an, she's an i didn't ever heard of johnny depp she's an actress i mean she's yeah. divorced she's divorced i mean not that there's anything wrong with being divorced but she's been around the block you know so she's she's a divorced woman in hollywood in the tv industry in the film and tv industry Pretty smart, pretty pretty cunning, you know, not for any sort of insidious reason, but that's, you know, you don't get to be that way in Hollywood unless you have a, a good head on your shoulders for maneuvering the system. Um, I mean, there's a million girls like her who could have had that job. So she had something go- She had something going on. That's Yeah, I mean, that's just why I think that they must have had some real connection, or at least 
enjoyed fucking. But it, now that if you think about it, like he he would never know anyway because he can't separate being a royal. Not that I feel sorry for him. I hope he breaks his fucking leg. But um, wow, well it's not as bad as Kobe who wished to die in a helicopter crash. <laughs> <laughs> But he can't even separate that anyway, so maybe he's just like... I mean, there's no way he did it just to be a dick. Like, then he would have married... I mean, no, I don't think so. I think should have been a, a chick from Inglewood with the long fingernails. She know? seems to be a woman, to me, without getting into cliches of, of, of sort of cunning women, who was probably very nice to him. Mm. Very nice to him. I, I, like, they said, like, you know, they asked about, like, what is, like why, what is this American woman they have that British woman doesn't have? I said, my answer was lots of blowjobs, mm. right? She probably did. She probably... She probably rocked this world like he maybe doesn't get from the uh, aristocrats of, of England. Um, you know, she's probably was a very good, very good to him, not just sexually, but in all ways. Doted on him, you know, love. Maybe she loves him. I don't know. But she's probably like very good to him. But she picked real- up a tab once. This <laughs> is just cute. <laughs> no, she defends him. She does this. She does that. She's probably like, and, but she's, I think, had her eye the whole time on coming back to, the, to the North America, Canada to the U.S., and becoming a getting back into film and television, which is what you want. And now she's got like a eight level career bump, right. <laughs> essentially. They got a Netflix. I mean, I knew this was happening. They got a Netflix deal. There's a tape of, of Harry talking to uh, what's his name, the head of Disney, about uh, Iger, about getting a role for his wife, and like several. She's got an animation voiceover work now, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, and all they're talking about is how they're gonna they're leaving the they're leaving the, the royal thing, giving up their two million dollar salary. Either he's got sixty million in the bank. And they got like a twenty million book deal, twenty dollar million uh, million dollar book deal on the table. Yeah. And I think she's just. I think this was like a career thing for her. I think that's how she always saw it. I think she thought, "I'll go put in two or three years, do this whole thing in England, and come back. If I get some PR person, and I'm gonna have a fucking, uh, I'm gonna be in fucking fifteen movies." Did she or her PR people? I don't know this whole story but what is the deal with moving to canada first at, at one point they mentioned something about like when the immigration laws after trump clear up or did you hear anything about that uh oh they said they weren't going to move she said she wasn't going to move to the u.s till tr- as long as trump was president or something okay so fuck trump but i find that to be quite offensive as well well can- canada is you know royal they, they respect the royals there they still celebrate the queen's birthday and all that shit and they're still technically, I think, a loose province of England. Yeah. I mean, they're in, not legally, but I think they still historically are seen, the, the Western part, as seen as a, you know, they still respect the royals as their royals. Queen Elizabeth is still their queen. Okay. Um, so I think they're actually trying to look some, get some freebies. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently their, their, their security service is multi-million dollars a year. Someone's got to pay for that. So hmm. someone's got to pay for their, we talked about uh, Takashi 69, 69, whatever the fuck his name is. Well, these royals actually have a huge security bill because they are like the highest profile targets out there. Uh, if anybody wanted to kill British royals, they've been trying to kill British royals for a long time. Well, yeah, maybe in Canada where they still call it the crown and everything. But if you're worried about security, just move to um, anywhere in the U.S. where no one cares. Uh, you still have, I mean, you know, the Kardashians have tons of security. All these people have tons of security. Takashi is going to need like eight people around his house. So they're going to have like four or five, six full-time people, plus all their fucking assistants, all the other shit like that. They have a big entourage. Mm-hmm. It just comes with it. And they want someone to pay. They want someone to pay for that. But I, I think that's, I see the Meghan Markle thing as like a big, like a career. Like your career is kind of like your own suits. You're like a USA basic, you're a basic cable. Maybe the show's getting renewed. You know, you're 37 or whatever it is. Like, what do I do now? Fuck, marry the prince, baby, get in a fight with the queen. 
talk about the tabloids, move back to the U.S., get myself a Netflix deal, a Disney deal. I'm set. Like, it just seems to me like... If that's true, then she's uh, a horrible person, but simultaneously very empowering. All right, let's end on that note, Matt. You have something you wish to pimp and promote? No. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Instagram. I'm trying to... I got to up my Instagram game because chicks now, they just look at Instagram, you know? Really? You're not going to be on... Are you going to be on TikTok anytime soon? No, it's uh, Instagram has got to be ninety percent female traffic. Yes, and they, uh, you know, they go on there to verify you're not a, a serial killer. Which uh, you could do both. Just putting that out there. Oh yeah, I don't see why. I think serial killer like Ted Bundy wouldn't be on Instagram for your life today. Right? Of course he would. Oh, but did you see by the way the the girl who jumped out of the stands at the Super Bowl to strip? I saw that she did that. Yeah, she was. She was. I love how they describe her. I like the just like her Instagram model. She must have blew it pretty hard because. You know, I'm sure that the security guys had the the radar on her, and they're like, "Okay, she's looking real weird. We don't know what she's going to do." You know, she probably telegraphed it quite a bit. Well, because ha- it happened at a big European event recently. Uh, someone, someone, some company in Europe pays these girls to do it, and then um, uh, it happened with Garrett Cole, the pitcher of the Astros. When the girls came out and flashed her tits at him, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I think they're on God on God for this, this this practical joke that's taking place. But the best part is a video. She's there with some other what you would call a whore. And uh, what they call the media calls Instagram models, mm-hmm. which are vaguely attractive girls with nice bodies who do lots of thong shots. Uh, there's only 80,000 of them, I think, currently in Los Angeles. And uh, the girl who she's with, who's clearly like her, you know, her cohort, is like when she jumps on the field and they start tackling her, is like yelling on this Instagram video, like, you go, girl, like, you're doing great. Like, oh, show them, you're in charge, lady. Like, her little, mm. little whore friend is, like, yelling at her, like, you know, like, this is the best these two dummies came up with. And her friend's trying to, like, put a good face on it because they got paid already, probably. Right, right. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, you're like, Kelly, like, you're the queen, you're a queen. Like, you know, like, what? She just got jumped on by it. And then she tried to, she flashed her thong. Like, she had, like, this little short dress on it. And as the police, uh, security's taking her away, and they're, like, going, oh, fuck, really, you have to do this? Like She's lifting her dress up to show like her thong, <laughs> like she's like, oh, you're the best, like you're amazing, like okay, like is that fe- I guess that's female empowerment. It's <laughs> one of the more depressing stories I've heard recently. <laughs> Anyhow, that's what I when I think of Instagram model, I'm always going to think of that because I don't believe Instagram models is actual is an actual profession. That's it, Matt. Last man on earth. Talk to you next week. From the moment I started rolling my dad's tube socks and shooting imaginary game winning shots in the Great Western form. I knew one thing was real. I fell in love with you. A love so deep, I gave you my all. From my mind and body, to my spirit and soul. As a six-year-old boy, deeply in love with you. I never saw the end of the tunnel. I only saw myself running out of one. And so I ran. I ran up and down every court after every loose ball for you. You asked for my hustle. I gave you my heart. Because it came with so much more. I played through the sweat and the hurt. Not because challenge called me. because you called me. I did everything for you. 
Because that's what you do when someone makes you feel as alive as you've made me feel. You gave a six-year-old boy his Laker dream. And I'll always love you for it.